That's your new catchphrase, nigga. <laughs> Guess who's fully vaxxed now? <laughs> whoop de doo. Wubble up a dub dub. Oh, congratulations, nigga. Uh, how you feel? Did did you did you grow an extra penis? Um, that's pretty personal. I'm not sure. I hmm. want to discuss that with you, um, and ladies who fans of Bore the L's. Please hit me up if you want to. Uh, <laughs> if you want that DP, that DP if action. The, if you want the the sweet life of Zach and Cody, wink wink. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I got the Johnson and Johnson joint, and I, I'm still alive. Oh, uh, oh, nigga, you got the Johnson Johnson. Yeah, one what? shot, one kill was the deal. <laughs> Nigga, why, hold up, hold up, bro. Why don't you tell nobody? <laughs> oh, because um, I'm gonna say I got, I got a good team around me. They'll they'll keep my memory alive and, and tweet out or text uh, any notification, any death uh, notifications that I need to go out. Damn, man. Yeah, well, I hope hope the blood clots don't come through on some Junior Reed shit. My M I F I S C thing. Um, no, I'm, I'm gonna try, try to avoid the, the Damian Marleys in the, in the near future. Ah, <laughs> uh, shit. Well, hey, nigga, I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad you're here. Glad you're still with us. Uh, I'm uh, I'm getting my second shot of uh the Pfizer Soze, uh, on Sunday. So okay, yeah. Okay. So you know, it's 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 about time to get back in these streets, nigga. About that oh, time. Absolutely. Like I said, it's just uh, I'm fully vaxxed. I'm ready to have a have a have a fire ass white boy summer. You feel me? Shit, as I sit here sipping on these uh, wonderful uh, white claw teas, um, mm. yeah, that's that's full full white boy summer <laughs> yeah. in effect right now. All right, so nigga, if you if you fully vaxxed up now, are you because I'm gonna get your pledge here on the pod, Nick Shook? Are you <laughs> Wes Garlic going to make the trip to Columbus before Adrian moves? I, Wesley Garlic, pledge to you, Austin Moore, that I will attempt to <laughs> make make my Buckham State return to the land of. Uh, I was going. I was going. I was going to take a, a terrible left turn. No, you know what? Just, just. Leave but it. Yes, I. I will try to. I will try to make my trip. Uh, make 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 a. Slide out this summer, you know what I'm saying? I got I got a bang with XO. Yeah, that nigga leaving soon, so hurry up. Um, right, we'll, we'll see what uh what, what Southwest flight uh Southwest flight something <laughs> like. Tell me. Uh, well, nigga. Um, so that means by you pledging to attempt to make that play, that means it's not gonna happen at all. If, <laughs> if yeah, we have yeah, any yeah. experience, um, yeah, from, yeah. From, yeah. from dealing with negligent Nick Shook. No, I mean I've I've, I've always slid. I, I I do uh refer to myself uh, when speaking to Corey and Adrian. I call myself Mister Pampers. Because I'm the only one who's pulled up to any of anybody else's location. That's true. Um, nigga, we've been trying to come and visit the three counties for I don't know how long, nigga. You won't let us. I really can't control Delaware being closed or not. Um, it's been closed three, four years now. <laughs> Sorry. Um, so, so it is what it is. But I'm fully vaxxed. You'll be fully vaxxed soon. You know what I'm saying? Moves will need to be made. Yes, sir. It's been too long. Yeah, definitely, man. Definitely, it's been we're going on two years now uh, since the gang got together. So we definitely gonna make that shit shake. But um, we are here on episode forty six. Uh, who wears forty six? <laughs> yeah, Aaron Baines, maybe. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Ronnie Harrison, Aaron Baines. Uh, uh, this is the <laughs> this is the Doug Doug Mankiewicz episode. <laughs> you feel me? 
<laughs> oh shit. Well, uh, Doug, Doug McCavish. Holy shit. Uh, oh boy. I was on my I was on my uh, early early two thousands baseball uh, tip earlier today, so I'm I'm loaded. I'm jacked up. Ah uh, man. Um, welcome, welcome one, welcome all to episode forty six. Uh, of the Beware the Else podcast, I am one of your esteemed hosts, uh, one half of the Wayne Wonder Twins. Go by the name on social media of Uptown Ace Boogie. Uh, you can follow me on the socials at Uptown Ace Boogie. Um, Wayne Wonder Twin powers activate, take the shape of a Verdine White guitar solo. Ooh, I just watched the, uh, I was with my parents this weekend and we watched part of the Isleys and the Earth, Wind, and Fire. Um, and I go by the name. Uh, we dropped my government earlier, unfortunately, mm-hmm. but I am ain't that was uh was if if, if you nasty. Um, uh, and when Wonder Twins take the form of unpaid child support. Oh, yeah, uh, goodie. It, it, it gets no better than that. Um, so welcome back, y'all. We have been getting these pods out at a pretty consistent clip, which is shows you just how badly we really want to get outside. Because I'm gonna let y'all know right now. Once we start moving back, moving through these streets, you might not ever hear from us again. So enjoy us. Enjoy us while we're here. That is a fact. We are, we're, just, we're just itching, just just, just fiending to, to hit these streets once again. Um, but we, we, we've always got to come in and drop off and talk to you guys, let y'all know what's cracking in, in, in the culture and in the, indus- in the industry. Not industry. Uh, in the culture and what was going on uh, in the world. Shit, you know what's going on in the industry. You know, still trying to get that OnlyFans off the ground. So there is an industry. You mm-hmm. feel me? Y'all just wait. Um, but so we got um, we have not done enough of these pods, and we've been saying consistently that you know we want to take the opportunity to do more deep dives here on Beware the Ls. Cause yeah, you know our main focus um is always to get out here. You know, talk about what's going on in the zeitgeist, everything pertaining to the culture. You know, staying timely, staying topical, all that other good shit. However, um, every once in a while, we do want to get in and kind of just dig into some topics that um, that we kind of feel strongly about, whether it's, you know, serious shit, whether it's entertainment shit, whether it's music shit, whatever, just life things in general. And that kind of popped up for us this week. Um, Shout out to Chloe. Shout out to my boo thing. Hey, yes. hey, girl. First, first lady of the pod. Yes, sir. Um, she actually she sent me a TikTok um, of you know people. I guess is a, a big trend on TikTok right now is people doing their uh, like top ten producer tags. And after seeing how garbage um, <laughs> these Gen Zers um, absolutely have no idea how how to compile a true list of, of producer tags, it made me think. Um, you know what? I think it's time to kind of get into another. Uh, musical based topic so we want to dedicate this pod to producers as a whole um obviously like Wes and I we got pretty similar music tastes but like we um we kind of like move apart from each other in very specific places like lyrics um I I like consciousness (laughs) uh those, those those weird hats with the uh the, the the weird bill that Common used to wear. Oh, come on, bro. <laughs> that's that's kind of where we where we split off. You know what I'm uh, saying? Uh, like I prefer for my rappers, or at least like the good rappers, I prefer for them to be able to rap and or rhyme. Wes, that's not important to him. About, you feel uh, me? Rap about group economics <laughs> uh, and things Kuchi, of that nature. Kuchi Chagalia, 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, I remember. Uh, I remember the first time I met you. You was talking about yo. I listened to. Uh, I was listening to Immortal Technique last night. Oh God, dead prayers. Patrice Lumumba. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I don't know if I can get behind this, but you seem like a cool cat, brother. Mm-hmm. But uh, so while we may uh, diverge in that area, we do tend to always agree or for the most part agree on production. Production um, at this stage in music is really the most important aspect of a rap song. Um, and, Absolutely. you know, the game has just kind of changed and, and uh, you know, evolved over the years, you know, in some ways for the better and other ways for the worse. Um, but basically right now this is production and these is the producers opportunity to shine. I think at this, at right now, producers are more, um, are more famous than they've ever been um, in the history of rap music with the exception of maybe the early two thousands. But I still feel like most of the power was centralized in a few different producers in the early 2000s. While now it's a bunch of little young niggas with dreads running around uh, <laughs> killing the game right now. So uh, we want to, um, so we're going to dedicate this podcast, um, kind of get, want to do a fun topic and dedicate today's pod to that. However, before we get into that, uh, we would be remiss if we did not um, at least take a moment to discuss what's going on in the world right now. Um, so, you know, unless you've been under a rock and shit, even if you have uh, been under a rock. Um, yesterday, we got the verdict of the Derek Chauvin murder trial. Um, Derek Chauvin, who we discussed many times on this pod, um, was facing a second degree murder and a couple counts of manslaughter. Yeah, it was a couple was that... second degree. Okay. Yeah. Um, for the death of, for the murder of George Floyd, and he was convicted. Um, and, you know, we don't know. I'm kind of, kind of, you know, kind of got bated breath right now. Kind of still a little anxious. We don't know what the sentencing is going to look like. And I still assume because we've been conditioned to believe it, I assume the sentencing is going to be a lot lighter than it would be for, you know, a regular citizen to murder somebody. However, um, it's hard to say that justice was served. There's no if justice was served, George Floyd and so many others would still be alive. However, um, a major step towards accountability was taken yesterday. Um, you know, officers have been able to move with impunity for so long and to, and to kill us relentlessly, um, really without facing any type of penalty um, to the point where they can just pull out their guns, pop, pop, kill us, and not even have to think twice about it. At worst, they're going to go on a paid administrative leave. You feel me? So, uh Having a moment where somebody's held accountable for their actions for murdering somebody is a big step in the right direction. And the timeline, you know, I saw a lot of different takes on the timeline. You know, it was a lot. Of, a lot of people was, a lot of people seemed relieved. A lot of people seemed, I don't want to quite say overjoyed, but you know, you know, praising God and all these other different things, and which I agree with. Obviously, I ain't, didn't want to rain on nobody's parade. But I still was, man, I felt so weird, bruh. Like, there was no relief. There was no joy. There was no jubilation. There was no anything. I still felt anxious after the verdict came out. I still felt angry. I think in that moment, I felt for all of our black and brown peoples who have not gotten 
any justice and will never receive any justice or accountability. Um, and yeah. while this is a great step in the right direction, and obviously I am thankful that uh, George Floyd's family can begin to heal, um, I still felt like I still kind of had this eerie feeling after after it after the verdict came out. Um, and unfortunately, you know that um, that eerie feeling kind of ended up manifesting, um, unfortunately, in another tragic in another tragic manner um not even an hour it wasn't even an hour bro um after the verdict came out a 15 year old makia bryant uh was murdered in columbus we just talked about columbus columbus ohio um by a police officer after she called the police uh for help when um i think four different girls were jumping her and she called the police for help and police pulled up didn't ask no questions. Uh, yes, she had a knife in her hand. Uh, however, I'm 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 still confused as to where it states in the Blue Lives Handbook where it says that if somebody has a knife in their hand, you have to shoot them four times without warning. Yeah, it's uh for that case, it's it, it's just frustrating now. Every time it seems like somebody of color is involved no matter kind of what the situation is, the officers are always going for the gun first and shooting, shooting first, asking questions later. Um, we see there's plenty of footage in, uh, of white people doing similar things that, that black people have been doing in, in instances like this, where cops uh, try uh, try all types of means to de- de-escalate situations, where they're talking or pulling tasers or doing whatever, fighting with the people with knives or whatever. But it always seems a recurring theme that whenever it's a black person or a person of color, that it's always let's get the gun out, let's shoot, and then mm-hmm. we'll try de-escalation tactics. Yep. Um, and that's just that's just conceit. That's frustrating what we kind of see time and time again. But to speak to kind of the feeling you felt, and kind of like it was a kind of a collective feeling amongst everybody once the verdict came out that um, it's hard to kind of be excited for. When, when what's supposed to happen actually happens. Correct. Because we watched on tape, uh, Derek Chauvin kneeled on George Floyd's neck for over eight and a half, nine minutes. He died as a result of that. Like There was no disputing that in the footage. So naturally, and in a perfect world, this man is guilty. But we've seen hundreds of cases, especially within the last 10 years, where, where stuff is beginning to get documented on film, which the the right thing doesn't happen so it, it's it's good that the right thing like you said the good the accountability is finally being held at least in this instance mm-hmm. but like I, I tweeted out it's kind of hard to be excited or not even excited just be kind of relieved about this but we, when we've seen cases where justice hasn't been served or accountability accountability hasn't fallen upon those who committed the wrongs mm-hmm. it's just a weird place to be but like you said i'm, I'm glad too the Floyd family kind of has like not closure. Cause you can never truly have closure when you can lose somebody mm-hmm. in a manner that they were never supposed to be in it in the first place. But Correct. at least they can point to the justice system saying, Hey, the person who's kind of responsible for our loved one's death is now being punished, but you'll never really get George back. You know what I'm saying no. you'll never get the time back if you miss with him, but it's interesting to see kind of, where we move forward from here because this case took 
the America's consciousness for for months. This was kind of the case that sparked everything we saw last year, um, from the protests to companies uh, putting out their black squares and statements and, and, and pledging change <laughs> for for the little time that we saw that. Shout out to Ben and Jerry for still keeping it true. Ben and Jerry, but oh my God, and it, well, and they got these cookie dough bites. I just found at the uh, Wawa. Cookie dough bites. Ago. Nigga, them shit's fucking slap. <laughs> I bought six bags in the past two weeks. But it's you are, uh, you are a cookie dough eating ass nigga. Nigga, I love cookie dough, nigga. <laughs> Basketball, cookie dough, and uh ignorant raps. One, two, three. That's and me and Malco. Don't forget that one. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> Yeah, so it's, it's it's hard to to be happy, but this is a, a step and like I've seen a lot of people say this is kind of a step in the right direction. So hopefully yeah. this kind of sets a precedent. That we have moving forward, that we can be consistent in policing the police. And, and and don't don't get me twisted. Like you know, I don't want any of this to be misconstrued as negativity or pessimism. But I think that realism. um, and a lot of people say realism is pessimism. Um, uh, yeah. <laughs> but um, I you know, cause just like you said, this is an, a major and important step in the right direction. I mean, there have been hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of cases just in like the social media era where people can actually record these things on their phones and it can get out and it can go viral. It can go to the masses and don't forget about the countless hundreds of thousands, you know, that have occurred, you know, in the pre-social media era um, Mm -hmm. when, you know, those people were not fortunate enough to be able to have, you know, a mountain, an avalanche of evidence to, you know, drop on these officers to even have a chance of getting any type of conviction. So this is important. Um, but in terms of where we go from here, um, in terms of what's next, um, to see what's about to happen next. Okay. Um, that is a bigger, not bigger, but a more important and a more, and a more difficult question to answer because in terms of just these protests and everything and everything that we've been fighting for in general you talk to the ogs you know that been doing this shit that been in the the trenches that you know lived through the civil rights era and everything post they always say you know the key to any movement is you have to have concrete demands right like Mm -hmm. to just say oh we want this um you know, we want this terrible system, you know, we want this systemic issues to be fixed. We want accountability. We want blah, blah, blah. It's too abstract. It's too abstract. So mm-hmm. the only way to progress, the only way to make real change is to sit down and be like, okay, these are these specific things that we need in the eyes of the law, in the eyes of the government to be able to feel not even comfortable, but to be able to feel like some type of accountability and or justice is being served and to feel like our lives matter. What makes it hard, Wes, compared to what we're doing now, compared to the civil rights era and, you know, even past that, legislation did not support us, right? Like, not at all. Like now, right now, obviously, you have shit like the, the Georgia uh, voter suppression you know, which they're also trying to pass here in Ohio in an even stricter fashion. Um, you know, you have things like that. So it <laughs> you don't want to say, oh, Jim Crow back. But like it seems <laughs> it, it seems like in a lot of ways they are trying to get there. However, 
for 99% of the laws and policies, we are equal in the eyes of the law in a way that we were not, obviously, throughout the Jim Crow era, Reconstruction, Jim Crow era, um, and Civil Rights era. So Mm -hmm. it's hard to demand or to expect, you know, concrete, tangible things to occur because according to the law, we are equal. But when it comes to the execution and implementation of the law, that's where we don't have any protection. So how do you demand things and how do you um, not not ask, but how do you demand things? How do you look for um, and how do you fight? for reform when the reform technically already happened you know and that's and that's and it's also like to kind of piggyback over that real quick is it's kind of too like to people we are trying to kind of reform with are either one like a hundred percent on the other side of that reform Mm -hmm. and not really the incentive to budge or two there are people who appear to be in lockstep with us kind of agreeing with us but then this is more so kind of, I guess, for like the politicians and those in power mm-hmm. and their like, customer and public facing image. They kind of stand with the people or whatever, but then turn around and their actions behind the scenes when dealing with the establishments are more so in line with the establishments. Yep. So it's kind of hard to truly have those conversations with the parties that we kind of need to have the conversations with. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a that's that's a that's a very, very good point. Um, you know, on, on a much, much smaller scale, I, I always, every time I think about this, I think about like, I think about the NFL particularly anytime the NFL is fighting for something or is trying to, um, get something changed, you know, and, and basically the power is centralized with Roger Goodell, you have to, the first thing that we need to understand is Roger Goodell is allegedly the commissioner of the entire NFL, but he works for the owners. He works for the owner's best interest. So how you have to find ways to attack Roger Goodell and attack the NFL in a way that is going to hurt the best interest of the owners, to hurt Roger Goodell and to make them listen, which we have seen, you know, at different times over the past few years. But it is a difficult struggle. And it is, again, it's very hard to get tangible things on the table to even really ask for so that's why at this yep. point in time, it's important for, again, and I think we mentioned on previous pods, it's not about leaders, right? I think we always, you know, I think as a people, we have a, a, a tendency to over-rely on waiting for the rise of a black messiah. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to let y'all know, if anybody even gets anywhere near the point where they can be a quote-unquote messiah, they're going to kill him or her or them. So, um that's the history of this country and i don't honestly i don't think that's going to change so uh and, and I, I honestly i think that's part of the reason why we don't have those strong figures those strong leaders that we had you know 30 40 50 years ago so this movement will be televised but it's it's very fucking grassroots so even though you know we have all these important things that we need to figure out and we need to figure out how to continue the fight the everything that's occurring is occurring at the ground level it's 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 your community meetings right it is your your school organization you know meetings your extracurricular functions it is you know your your nonprofit organizations within your black community 
it is sitting in at those Tommy Carcetti Baltimore City Council meetings. You feel me? Like uh-huh. it is it it is all of these things and it's on each and every one of us to um to contribute to the whole to the betterment of our people. Um and we cannot and will not wait on any one particular person to rise up and galvanize us and lead us cuz that's it's just not the time that we live in. I mean, so, yeah, there, there there's only one person that I think can unite everybody. Um, Bobby Schwerner? Close. Yeah. And he, he's the, 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 the most patronist of saints of the podcast. I feel mm-hmm. like if he, if he, if he switched up his, uh, his platform and started, started, uh, speaking out, mm-hmm. um, behind, uh, about change, I feel like Ray William, J- please. William, William Ray Norwood Jr. Please. Could be the one. <laughs> we save us, Ray J. True, truly change America. He can use all his money from Raycon to invest in uh something or other that would help us. But uh, uh, if anybody figured out, it'll be Ray J. But yeah. we had to take the time um to speak on that. Uh, definitely, um that is, you know, it, it's the most pressing thing. And again, we are always going to address the difficult topics um here yeah. on Beware the Else. Um and you know, cause you know, as a people, you feel me? It's 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 time to, it's time to place some of them L's back on the oppressors. You feel me? Yeah. Um, switch so, the L's like Tetris, nigga. <laughs> so uh, about time to get into that producer talk real quick. Uh, as we record this pod, uh, the season finale of uh, Franklin Saint and them, uh, the series mm-hmm. is uh is currently airing. And based off that shit last week, uh, Wes, you got any predictions for yep. what's, what's, what's going on currently? Yup. So here we go. So from the, the promo we saw in the last episode, Franklin and his uh, snitch-ass father, Calvin. Or he's on all, <laughs> the show he's Alton, but he'll, he'll forever be Calvin. He'll forever be Calvin. Kermit, Kermit, Kermit frog-ass frog nigga. nigga. Um, <laughs> yes, him him and his dad are going up against Reed, Reed Thompson. Reed Thompson. Because um, Kermit the frog-ass nigga is a snitch. So naturally, what I think is going to happen... That guy going, stinks. He's not great. Um, so obviously they're gonna get in some sort of shootout because somebody's gonna who's gonna kill who. Mm. They're gonna end up. I think Franklin and his dad are gonna end up giving the drop on Reed, and Franklin's gonna have a chance to pull the trigger. But then he gonna kill his pops. But then wait, Franklin's gonna put the gun to Reed's head, and then Reed's gonna say, "Wait one second. And he's gonna pull back his face like a Scooby Doo villain. And it's gonna be. <laughs> and it's gonna be Lucia. Oh. Reed is Lucia." <laughs> This whole time, that nigga thought Lucy was gone, and she was running this whole shit, nigga. Oh my god, man! Perfect uh, white voice and everything. Man, man, you know how much I fucking hate Lucy, dog. Like I, I, I know. Mm. Um, she would have got away with it too. Th- that <laughs> that would be uh that would be a horrible turn of events. But um, I do like where you going though. With Franklin got the chance to kill Alton or to kill Reed, and he ends up killing Alton. I could no, very I, mu- I could very very uh clearly see that happen. See, I, no, and in, in all actuality, I think that they're he, they're going to actually kill Reed. And then, if you recall, there was a white boy who was kind of poking around earlier from the CIA, fucking with Reed. Yeah, and I think he's just going to take a Reed spot. Mm. And Frank is going to keep uh slinging crack cocaine to his no, it's bro, it's hard to imagine a show without Reed Thompson. But at the same time, he's completely gone off the rails. I don't think there's anything really left for him all like that. Yeah, I'm saying his brother died uh, because of him. Because of him, yeah. Um, he's just uh, I don't know, not really fucking with him. He he, he killed well, he killed short. That's that's an A plus on yeah. his part. But uh, yeah. I don't know. I just I just don't 
I just I guess part of me doesn't doesn't want to see Franklin go. And um, well, Franklin's not going. I mean, I don't know, man. Re- re- reads the CIA. He got some CIA shit with him. This is a Frank, CIA. Franklin's not going nowhere. Everybody around it's it's like it's, it's just like any other drug show. Everybody around Franklin can go, but Franklin himself can't go, or there's no show. Nigga said that about uh, Avon. Nigga went to jail. All Reed really got to do is play uh play some on a boombox. It's the eighties. <laughs> <laughs> Frank, Frank is gonna start spitting some uh, hippity hippity hop hop, <laughs> and uh, uh, and that's well, a wrap. Well, well, you know, nigga, all I care about um is Jerome making it out good. I don't care anybody else on that fucking show can die except for Jerome. I'm not having it. I'm not having it. Yeah, I, yeah, I think I think Jerome gonna be all right. Yeah, he I, don't, I don't. I don't think we'll we'll lose anybody outside of the the triumvirate. Yeah, um, I mean, cause cause I feel like, and I, like I ain't gonna spend a lot of time on this, but I do feel like people randomly dying is can like on a show like this, you know, on a very suspenseful, um, you know, action, uh, organized violence induced show. I think it writers can become over reliant on you know just killing people off for shock value. Oh. Well, this is a show about drugs and guns and cops, so somebody got to die. You feel me? But it's not, you know, if, if if you really in your bag as a writer, then that's not something that you should have to overly re- rely on. I feel like deaths should only be used in terms of storylines to, you know, illustrate the the uh, the gravity and the depth of a situation or to put uh, a bow or to put a cherry on top of a storyline that you're trying to finish. But you don't have to use it all the time. So For sure. yeah, we'll we'll see. We are record right now, uh, twenty minutes from the end of season four, four or five. I don't know what the fuck going on. Four, 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 four. four. Okay. Um, so next episode, you will hear our, our thoughts on the finale and what happened. Yes, sir. Um, but it's time to get into uh, the topic that we've been advertising for the last thirty minutes. Um, production, production in the game, and not not just not just the rap game. <laughs> Um, it all it all started with a beat, you know, <laughs> and not just not just in the rap game per se, but also uh, just kind of in you know black music in general. Um, it is we are a people who are moved by we move by the beat, we move by the music. Um, even if it ain't no lyrics or no none of that other shit, nigga. If you can, uh, you remember the Chappelle show in the barbershop, <laughs> nigga. If you got. <laughs> <laughs> if you, surprise. I, I mean it, it, it really like we are a people who you know at our soul and our essence are moved by the beat we're moved by the rhythm and again that goes way way back to the motherland so um, Drum, drums or percussion that's all we need <laughs> percussion um is is extremely it's extremely important and it always has been but like we said uh earlier i really do think that obviously as the quality of the actual lyrics and the rapping itself have declined the importance of the production um, has definitely become more and more evident. Um, you know, like, it's hip-hop and the rap game in general kind of, it kind of started with, um, it started with, it, it's always kind of been about duos or or a group or a group of people, a crew coming together to make one complete um to make one complete like picture of the music game or, or, or a, a complete story that they're trying to tell. So if you watch the get down or 
uh, whatever that show, that movie was on VH1 with uh, Mac Wilds, uh, The Breaks. Is that what it was called? There's clearly a thing about The Wire. I don't know why you're talking about The Breaks. <laughs> Something um, like that, yeah, yeah. If you watched The Get Down and you saw the story of uh, Light Skin Nigga and uh, uh, Shaolin Fantastic, if, if you saw their story, then you understand that, like, it, the MC was part of the crew, right? It wasn't, the rapper was not just this huge, you know, uh, out of this world star. It was about the rapper and the DJ and the crew. You feel me? Mm -hmm. Um, Back then, back then niggas were not as uh, talented as they are today. Uh, You had your (laughs) nigga that could could put words together pretty good. Yeah. You had the guy that could spin the music a little bit. You had a a dancer uh, at the time. Mm -hmm. And Uh, together. A graffiti nigga. Graffiti nigga. Uh, The five pillars, nigga. Mm-hmm. And and one and one or all of them smoke crack cocaine because again this is the eighties. Mm-hmm. But they all would come together to kind of form the kind of music making entity. Yes. Um. And you know we I I was about to talk about you know some of the the powerhouses of the day and the first one that came to mind was Africa Bambata. We we're going to uh, sidestep that one. Mm-hmm. Um. But um. Yeah. So you know. So so you know these DJ Cool Herks and DJ Red Alerts and all these people you know that would throw these. You know, big ass block parties and shit that kind of pushed uh, hip hop into you know where hip hop had its humble beginnings and kind of helped to you know push it out into the world. Um, it was it was about a, a unit that came together to create an art art in you know four or five different areas. So for a long time, it was about the producer DJ combination. You feel me? And some of the earlier hip hop stars, your Will Smiths, your Rakims, people like that. It wasn't just, oh, hey, this is Fresh Prince. Fresh Prince and DJ Jazzy Jeff, because they were a unit. They were together. Mm-hmm. Um, it is Eric, uh, B, Eric B and Rakim, because they are a unit, and they are just as essential. Each each person in within that unit is just as essential as the other. Um, <clears throat> that changed over time. Um, in, you know, really probably in, in the latter 90s and definitely into the 2000s, um, when rap became mainstream and there was more money in it um, and became more flashy, uh, as we affectionately refer to as the Jiggy Rap era, it seemed as if rappers were starting to become uh, larger-than-life personas, right? So they used to be just real niggas, you know, just <laughs> real nigga, you know, working a, you know, uh, the third shift at the, at, the, uh, at the GM factory, you get off um, and you go stand in front of a burning trash can and you rap with your niggas. That yeah. was... That's a, that, a day, that's a day in the life. And, and, and that was, obviously not everybody, because, you know, you, you, had, you had plenty of niggas who was, um, e- even early on, were, pl- were heavily involved, you know, in the drug game and other shit and dressed really well, your, your Curtis Blows and niggas like that. However, mm-hmm. um, hip-hop was always very grounded in the beginning. When we got to that stage in the late 90s and early 2000s, it became more about flash and persona. How big are you? Um, as a person. And then at that point, that's when we started to see a lot less of emphasis on the DJ and DJs kind of fell back um, and kind of, you know, started making their own waves and rappers stood out a lot. We also started to see a lot less crews as well. Um, It wasn't as many rap groups. It was more about solo acts. Um, Mm -hmm. So at that point, that's when we kind of lost that group mentality. But that's also the time that producers started to get shine. So that brings us to where we are here. Um, so 
going to talk about producers again. Um, probably the most essential part of the act now, um, and have grown in notoriety and fame tremendously over the last 20 years or so. So we're going to start with a general question. Uh, who's your, on your Mount Rushmore of producers? All right. Do you want my personal Mount Rushmore? Little boy. Shout out to Tequila. Do you want my personal Mount Rushmore of producers or kind of the Mount Rushmore, kind of consensus? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's go consensus because we're going to get into our personal favorites next. All right. So kind of consensus, Mount Rushmore producers. Um, I would think you'd probably have to say Dr. Dre is up there. Mm -hmm. He's probably a a unanimous choice Mm -hmm. um, from what he did in the early 90s. Kind of creating the, the the whole G funk era, yes sir, and then spanning the spanning to the early two thousands and even uh, within the last five or six years or so. Um, so Dre's got to be up there. Um, is Dre? I'm, I'm gonna ask you this, as you mentioned, Dre is Dre to go. I I feel like it's hard to say because we haven't seen a lot of him over the last decade. Yeah, that that that's part of it, and too, and I think it's kind of hard to pinpoint a, a goat producer mm. um like it's easy it's not it's not easy but it's kind of easier to do kind of a, a rapper um because they kind of kind of say things but like producers are kind of almost bound by to the artist the, the artist kind of innocence because mm-hmm. you can have the craziest beat but if you got uh i was trying to think of a nigga you like to slander uh if you got like big sean on your shit <laughs> and big sean just does what big sean does that's kind of gonna limit like your beats gonna like people are still recognize your beat sounding amazing, but mm-hmm. that 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 might kind of hold it back in a sense. Mm-hmm. Um, See, and, and I think that was especially true, you know, for this pre SoundCloud era. So pre, you know, twenty fourteen. Yeah. Now yeah. I don't think that matters because can't nobody rap. Well, it's, 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 man, it's clearly not listening to ESTG, but um, <laughs> no, no, that, that that is true too. Um, I don't know. For me, it's kind of hard to pinpoint producer, but if you were kind of trying to say. If you had to say goat, I would probably have to say Dre, mm-hmm. just based on just the kind of just the sheer success and kind of how he kind of ran mm-hmm. from like ninety one to like ninety five, ninety six. Yeah, that was like all, almost anything that came out of the West that was a hit was a, a Dre production. Mm-hmm. Facts. Um, so to continue my Mount Rushmore, Dre's up there. I feel like you have to. I feel like DJ Premier is up there. Mm-hmm. Um, DJ Premier did a a, a ton of shit. Um, mm-hmm in New York in the kind of formation of hip hop in the, in the early nineties mm-hmm. to mid nineties. A lot of big. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, I guess you would have to include Timberland. Yes, sir. Uh, uh Timbo, and, and, yeah, No, I was about to say Timbo. Definitely. Timbo is pushes for me more towards that goat category more is again, it's really hard to define, but, is I that put more it, because of the versatility? I, I think it's even it's the versatility even more than the longevity for me with Timbaland. And that's why I think as much as I love a Dr. Dre, right? As much as I love Kanye. Kanye is also on my, my, my Mount Rushmore. But I will also say that there's a lot of shit from, I would say, post-2010. So I would say in the last decade that we assume that Kanye produced because he was a part of the project or because it was his project, but he didn't really produce. Um, Kanye has kind of been more selective with his projects and his beats in the last 10 years. Um, 
So it's it's you, you really have to kind of dig in and make sure. Okay, did Kanye make this or was it Hit Boy? Uh, was it No ID? Was it Travis Scott? You feel me? Was it Mike Dean? Um, mm-hmm. but Kanye's still up there for sure. But for me, them top two is probably Timbo and Pharrell slash the Neptunes. Um, I think the versatility is unmatched, particularly Timbaland's versatility. No, that's a fact. Because Tim's got some some hard ass rap shit, then he's got Elias catalog. You mean? Mm-hmm. So I think I probably have to say Kanye would probably be the fourth head mm-hmm. on my Mount Rushmore, mm-hmm. just because of the his ability. Because he he just makes good ass beats he does. for yeah, himself I, I, for others. Kanye, man, you know, is one of those people. Um, and you know, when you talk about particular eras, you talk about um that kind of early mid 2000s era of rap when it was everything was a sample right <laughs> like, and he, uh, and he ushered in the, the the whole the whole chipmunk wave where you where you where you pitch up the the the, the sample super duper high that was that was in his, his creation and, and he made a ton of hits just off that sound a alone. ton for um obviously for ho for cam you know for dipset for the whole Rockefeller family and, and yep. you know, all of his niggas too, um, as well. All, all the good music family as well. And it's just, it's, we literally cannot imagine where hip hop would be and what the sound would be without Kanye West. I think in terms of techniques, I think that Kanye's ability to sample is, it, it it's hard to say it's unique because he's sampling old music, but the way that he flips those samples and creates it into something completely new and completely sustainable for an entirely new generation. I think that is probably the most impressive production accomplishment that we have seen in our, in our lifetimes. Yeah. That, that dude, we can do a whole pot on sampling. The, the art mm-hmm. of, of sampling, the art of, you have to, you have to find a sample. You have to be creative enough to, to, to flip it in, in a certain way. You gotta, you gotta be creative enough to, to put, Whatever you flipped in and make into a a a, 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 bait, a baseline or, or beat that kind of nowish. It's just the the whole art. That's probably my favorite um, aspect of music is, is sampling. Uh, but, yeah. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, my, yeah. Go ahead. No, no. Go ahead. I, I was just about to say. Um, I kind of prepared for this pod, and I had a lot of fun preparing for this pod just by cracking open a couple of claws and literally just throwing my library on shuffle um, to see, you know, kind of what popped up production-wise so I could, you know, just kind of get into it. Um, and one of the ones that came up uh, right before we we got on um, was Wouldn't Get Far, a song that I love, <laughs> um, a song that I really adore. Um, mm-hmm. We're going we're gonna to ignore the, the J.C. on Taylor. I was going to say, yeah, uh, big J.C. Right guy now. over here. Right. But but when you talk about again flipping samples, and you baby, and I find you like like Kanye is literally a genius. You know we can hate him now for the person that he is as much as we want to, and you know that's a hundred percent warrants it. But for what he's done for his contributions to the game, you know for his slow jams, for his you don't know my names, for his through the wires. For his overnight celebrities, for his all falls down, nigga, that's just an 04 and 05. You feel me? Um, it's when, you, when you look at the totality, it's special, it, it, man. Work, it, it's, it's crazy. Uh, pardon me, not crazy. It's uh, mm. it's wild. It's, but, it's, it's able to slur. 
for Otis. Can't forget Otis. Yeah. So yeah, they, then my mount would would be Dre, Tim, uh, Premier, and Kanye. Um. Yeah, I, I'm I'm right there with you. Dre, Kanye, Timbo, and Pharrell slash the Neptunes. Uh, another one that a lot of people mention, but I want to actually throw out here as um the probably the most overrated producer of all time. Um, and Austin Cole will be very happy to hear this. Minus Swiss Beats. Now, this do, this does not mean that Swiss Beats is not a legend. This does not mean that Swiss is not an all-timer, because he absolutely is. This does not mean that Swiss is not giving us same fire records, because he absolutely has. But I feel like Swiss is one of those people who, while Kanye, while Timbo, while the Neptunes, Pharrell, while especially Dr. Dre, made the song or made the artist i feel like a lot of swiss shit is was was made those songs are made by the artist his beats are more iconic because of who was on them compared to the flip compared to the reverse of that mm, i'm gonna have to argue that um let's i can kind of let's kinda, fight let's do it nigger um <laughs> no but i, I can kind of see where you're coming from but at the same time swiss has as far as just kind of just beats, mm-hmm. instrumental. He's got some of the instrumentals. Like if, if you were, say, you know what, I'm Austin. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be a rapper, and I'm gonna do a, a tape where I'm just going over some of the best instrumentals of all time. Mm-hmm. Swiss have someone on there, like oh no, he does. Point. You said uh, who was on Band from TV? Mm, L. Swiss. No, what, what artist? Oh no, oh, um, uh, shit, uh, Nori. DMX, Mace? Nope, uh, nope. Nori is one. Yeah, see? Uh, let me give you another example. Who was <laughs> on... Uh, actually, goddamn it. Uh, anyway, yeah. I, changed my, I changed my argument. Anyway, <laughs> but nah, Swiss, I don't know. Swiss, I think his 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 style is super sorry, unique. I, I, I was thinking about 24 hours to live. I'm gone yeah. off the off the, the claws. Sorry about that. Yes, of course. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, wrong song by a completely different uh, cruise. But um, <laughs> I think Swiss is. Uh, I can see where you're coming from, but I think Swiss has got his style is is, is super unique, super kind of kind of his own. And I think he's got he he's special. And he's no, kind no. of he's had to make kind of a second Mount Rushmore. I think he'd be on like the the second. Yeah, tier you, well, no, yeah, and, and I agree. And when I say overrated, to me, overrated does not mean like like in this instance, not like Scottie Pippen overrated, right? Not like. I hate you, nigga. Man, you never deserve to be in the NBA. Um, <laughs> um, no, this overrated just means that I feel like he is great. Again, if you do a second round Rushmore, he is at the top of the second tier, but I don't consider him first tier among those other dudes. Well, yeah. When, well, he, he's not the best of the best. He's not the, the yeah. creme de la creme, which we'll talk about a little mm. bit later. Creme de la um, creme, homie. We'll talk about it later. Um, <laughs> top shelf, you know. The nigga made fancy. He did, and, and listen, and, and Fancy is actually on my list as one of my favorite productions of all time. I just pulled up his his uh, production discography, nigga. This just the singles. I'm looking at Money Cash Hoes. I'm looking mm-hmm. at um, we looking at this, this nigga, <laughs> your, your favorite artist, the the one who tells a lot. Yes. He made Swing Your Rag. <laughs> That's the second song you ever told me. You were talking about a moral technique first, and you're like, yo. I love uh, I love more. <laughs> I love swing your rag. I, I I was just listening to uh uh somebody posted a, a Styles P blow your mind. That's that's another real good one. Um yeah. uh let's see hotel ring the alarm. Uh, 
Upgrade yeah. you? Ring the alarm and upgrade you. Uh, upgrade you is my favorite Beyonce song. So again, well, it's clearly a Wayne song, but we we've talked about that before. No, I I vehemently disagree. Um, he's got a ton, man. He may check on it. He may check on it. Mm. Uh, mm. you know. So listen, who's Beyonce? Never heard of her before. <laughs> <laughs> Never song. heard of her. Um, and then you know a, a, a lot of great shit even past then. You know he's kind of fallen off in the last you know 10 years but he did enough you love verses (laughs) yeah he he sold verses to the the whites as well um but yeah no so so with all that being said basically mount rushmore is four people swiss would be five but i feel like it is one two three four space 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 then swiss that's what i mean when i say overrated uh, we just have to uh, agree to disagree on this. So, one. I mean, we can agree that I'm right and just move on because, you know. I don't think that's what agree to disagree means. Okay. But we can still move. <laughs> um, so, yeah, uh, a Swiss is definitely one of them niggas, man. So, um, you know, so these these are the guys um, that have shaped. And I wish there was some girls or other or gender neutral people um that we could put on this list as well um but i feel like obviously i feel like particularly production at being a producer is very gatekept uh within the music industry and you know we we had people like wonder girl i remember when when wonder girl was the you know the biggest prodigy in production and she still does stuff but maybe didn't get the opportunities that she deserved. And outside of Wonder Girl, I can't name a single other female producer that yeah. has made any type of noise outside of Missy Elliott. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Uh, I really can't think of anybody because of mine. That's a shame, too, especially mm-hmm. kind of as... as music is, 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 like you said, it's kind of gatekept as it is, but music is, if you make a good song, it doesn't matter where you're from, right. who you know. Good music is good music. And... Um, we, yeah. we can kind of see moving forward. We can get some women in this uh, producing game that can kind of put some hits together. I didn't know she did. Wonder Girl did my favorite, one of my favorite Uzi songs. I just saw that. How about mm-hmm. that? Um, very talented. Very fucking talented. Scott and Ramona. I'm gonna, after, um, one, after one of my favorite movies. Shout out to uh, Scott Pro vs. The World. Uh, I, man, I can't. I'll I be trying to get into them. Um, them uh, uh, Michael. I say Michael Pena. Uh, <laughs> Michael, Michael, Sarah, uh, cult classic films, Scott Pilgrim versus the world. What's the other one that everybody like? Nick and Nora's infinite playlist. That shit don't do it for me. I, I never seen that one, but I will, I will go to bed for Scott Pilgrim right there. Scott Pilgrim is like in my time. Like if I, anytime I see Scott Pilgrim on TV, I'm watching that motherfucker. That's crazy. That ain't my shit. But, um, so when we, but when we talk about eras, um, in production, it is, um, you know, it's hard to pinpoint like one particular golden era. You feel me? Because the, all the eras are golden, you know, like there's not one time period, you know, between, you know, in modern hip hop and R&B between 1985 and now in which we haven't had consistently fire production. You know, sometimes the emphasis shifts to different, you know, areas or different subgenres, but like overall it's still so fire and so technically sound 
You feel me? You know, I think I think the first one of the first things I think about is the new Jack Swing era. You know, you think about um, Teddy Riley, you know, uh, you want to talk about Heavy D and the boys and fire shit like Candy Rain. Um, shout out to Soul for real. Mm-hmm. Um, you talk about the mid to late 90s era, you know, again, Timbaland um, getting in there, you know, doing all this major shit for Aaliyah and Missy Elliott and all that shit. That's, you know, also the birth of Swiss Beats during that era. Um, you know, uh, DJ Premier, you know, doing a, a lot of shit in the mid 90s as well. Into the Jiggy Rap era, Swiss Beats blows the fuck up. Um, Pharrell starts hopping in and starts doing shit. Um, Just Blaze becomes a big fucking deal during that time in the early 2000s. We're going to talk about Just Blaze in a fucking mm-hmm. minute. Um, he might be on that second tier too. Um, and then, Say, uh, uh, just add in like Manny Fresh. Kind of many fresh. Of How could I forget? The kind of kind yeah. of produced kind of for a whole era, similarly to Dre did, mm-hmm. but that was kind of early two thousands. But go ahead. Yeah, yeah, oh for sure, and 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 many fresh. You know, again, somebody who you know would be more on a, a second, maybe even third tier for him, but somebody who like literally crafted an entire sound like that. New Orleans, Southern Louisiana sound would not exist without Manny Fresh. Yep. Um, so you you got to give that that nigga his flowers, um, if, even though he played himself in the verses. Okay. Uh, Shit, and speaking of the trap early, early two thousand two, just oh. throwing another Scott Storch as another guy. Scott Storch, who kind of through the early two thousands, um, the mid two thousands. Yeah, for sure. Ranch. Um, early, early mid two thousands as well. Um. One of my most underrated, which 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 I'm a you know ask you about too in a couple minutes. Sure. One of my most underrated, nigga. My nigga's cool and Dre, bruh. Yeah, yeah, Dre. <laughs> Dre is uh, on <laughs> my one of my probably my favorite Rick Ross song, singing and shit. But Cool and Dre had a whole <sighs> bunch of shit in the early early Listen, mid two thousands. Just just pulled Cool and Dre shit up real quick. Um, just off the dome, uh, New York. Ja Rule, uh, they did Hated or Love. They did Hot. Say, wait a minute, they didn't do that, but I think they remember. I think their uh, their producer dag is uh, this is this is this is this is this is yes sir. <laughs> um, and uh, stay tuned for our top five, top five, top five, top five later on in the pot. We will give you our favorite producer tags. Uh, that's gonna be a fun one. Um, holla at me, nigga. Juvenile Rodeo. Um, Christina Mill. Christina Milian say I, because you know they was like married and shit. Yeah. Um, Chevy riding high, nigga, with the gangster music. Um, Hundred million, which is one of my slept on favorites. You remember Hundred Million? No, I, I know thirty thousand Hundred Million. Soldier Boy. <laughs> uh, uh, Hundred Million. Uh, Jeezy, Rick Ross, Wayne. Uh, I think Dre on the hook, and then about a hundred million dollars, hundred million dollars, hundred million dollars. That nope. shit. Wow. Um, it, well, it was actually top. 20 on the chart, so get Not yourself together. Uh, my Life, uh, Game My Life, Wale okay. Chillin'. Yep. Um, obviously, All The Way Up. And, and shit, and that's after we thought them niggas was way gone. Mm-hmm. So, um, so, yeah. Plus your break. <laughs> Almost. Uh, yeah, so shout out to Cool and Dre. Um, and also, um, they were kind of very important in that, um, even though they came from New York, obviously, um, and were part of Terror Squad. They were very uh, instrumental in that kind of late two thousands uh, Southern Florida uh, come up as well. Them and Justice League. Yeah, and your um, Khaled, Khaled. 
Yeah, yeah. I hate giving Khaled credit, but you gotta yeah. have and, to. And this topic only. But back, back then, he was, he was actually <laughs> making beats before he was making phone calls for, for niggas to get on songs. Correct. Um, damn, Justice League got some shit. Not as many singles, but they got some. God, Justice League is some uh, some hella incredible. album cuts. Uh, they did Maybach music too, and Magnificent. Say, yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are those. Are, that's, all you, that's all you need in my book, honestly. <laughs> um. Oh, and, and shit, I know uh, they did shit off Teflon Don because I'm, I'm going to give a lot of credit in a minute to Lex Luger uh, for Teflon Don. Mm-hmm. Um, but they did I'm Not a Star and Maybach Music 3. And they have a credit on Aston Martin Music. How about that? Yeah, so shout out to I Justice guess. League. Ain't, ain't, it, ain't it a white dude in there? I would assume so. White people like to infiltrate shit. Um, that, was, that was me, but also very true. Um, nah, Justice League is incredible. Oh, damn. They also produced um, uh, Mary J's uh, break, the Breakthrough album, featuring who was on? Be without you. Who was on that? Uh, you thought she was a it's a class. So uh, shout out to Just Lee too. But um, yeah, so you talk about that that you know late two thousands uh, Southern uh, Florida movement. Then one of our, our probably two personal favorite periods, the trap era of the late two thousands to you know mid. 2010s, um, lots of Lex Luger, lots of Lex Listen, Luger. We'll, we'll um, talk about Lex a little later in detail, but uh, yes, sir. Um, Luger, uh, shot the young chop, yes, sir. Um, that's that's I, actually I kind of I kind of define those two eras di- a little bit differently. I think 09 to like 2011, tw- early 2012 trap was a little different than what I call the party era, our time, nigga. That 2012, 2013, 2014, I feel like this, the sounds were a little bit more distinct. You that makes sense. I mean? Yeah, it's kind um, of trap versus, I guess, the kind of chop air be kind of more the, the birth of drill. Yeah. Yeah. So you had a lot of that uh, um, during that time. Also, uh, obviously, Juicy J was doing was doing big numbers. Uh, 808 Mafia mm-hmm. um, was doing big numbers uh, during that time, too. Um, so yeah, so again, we'll, we'll get into all this a little bit deeper. And then that brings us to now where niggas just pretty much make any beat that they feel. Hey man, that's, that, um, that's like the whole, we talk about this kind of the, the, the accessibility into the game. Um, before you needed like in the eighties and shit, you need like, uh, a, a, a drum machine and like actual instruments and shit <laughs> to yeah. make a beat. And them shit's like cost, I'm like $50, which is like, I don't know, $2,000 in, in current daytime. So, uh, only yeah. dope boys could buy you a drum machine. And then it kind of progressed in the nineties. They were still fucking with drum machines, but shit was starting to get a little more digitized, um, to moving into the two thousands, early two thousands, mid two thousands, where kind of computer programs started getting off the ground, moving mm-hmm. into the 2010s and shit where, where it became fully digital into nowadays where you can make beats off your fucking phone. Off your phone, bro. Um, and technology and technology is always, you know, usually the biggest, sign of advancement in society um in every aspect of society but also you know the same the same goes for music as well um these beats these samples these flips uh everything that goes that goes into these beats have become so much more sophisticated um than of course you know what niggas was working with you know back in the 80s and part of again i think part of the reason why the dj themselves um kind of but can not a lost art, but kind of was de-emphasized as a part of an act 
was because back then there it seemed like you people had a lot more autonomy rap was not really monetized too much yet you know I, maybe they saw the potential in it but it wasn't really like a huge money maker mm-hmm. so basically you know a label gives you an advance gives you some studio time say hey you and your niggas go find <laughs> go find adrian go find Corey, go find jr y'all niggas get in the studio and y'all make us some hits you feel me and um um and that's what you did you kind of went in with your peoples you had a um uh a job to do, you know, you had an idea in mind and with the most basic of shit and the most basic of elements, you make music. As time goes on, as rap becomes more popular and and more higher grossing, it becomes more of a machine as you see with like, you know, Diddy and like the Hitman and shit like that. So during that time, when you got seven or eight producers, you know, two writers, two engineers, an executive producer in a room, you don't really need a DJ no more to help with that process. Mm-hmm. Um, but with all that being said, um, so we already mentioned some of the goats and we mentioned, uh, some of the people, um, who have made quite an impact and we do not ever want to be forgotten. Um, so I want to talk about, um, just some of the niggas that have had monster fucking runs in this game. Maybe they were short monster runs like a hit boy or a Lex Luger, or maybe it was a lot of kind of longer, sustained success over you know over a long period of time but before we talk about them i want to ask you what would you say because i feel like we talked about it on a pod but that may have been the lost pod with mia um (laughs) that you guys will never hear um i think where we talked about our favorite party songs was that on that pod i believe so okay so we came all three of us came to a consensus that our the top two was something in in or the top three had some type of construction that included back that ass up and pop that right oh you missed so, that. My, the, my favorite was uh no hands and no, well, well yes but i mean for 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 what i'm specifically gonna bring up uh smiz west um I will pop that. I will not I will not let you uh erase Roscoe Dash. Nigga, I would never gosh, I got nigga, I got I got a whole 10 minutes on no hands that I want to get into. But Mm -hmm. if you let me fucking finish, Mm -hmm. nigga. Um pop that. Do you know who produced pop that? Again, one of the biggest party songs of our lifetime. Um do you have any idea who produced pop that? Without looking it up. Um, I'm going to have to say it was Kenny Beats. That's a great guess. It's not, not Pop Kenny Beats. That. I, have, I have no idea. One of, again, one of the greatest party songs of our lifetime was made by a nigga named Leon the Beats. Oh, Leon. No, I don't know Leon the Beats. No. <laughs> no, I, that's, uh, that's incredible. Le- Leon the Beats is a nigga who's around our age. Um, he doesn't have a ton of production credits outside of um, uh, DJ Khaled, Do Your Mind, um, and some various Ace Hood shit. Um, I think he got something for Chinks, too. But nothing. His first beat, his hit, like or not his first beat, but his first single that he ever produced was Pop That. And obviously, he's living for the rest of his life off of that song. Yep. 
That's all you need in the, in the production game. All you need is one. It's just it's similar to That's like it. rapping too. All you really need is one hit that yeah. you can kind of kind of roll back and kind of get the residuals and royalties off of. So shout out mm-hmm. to Leon the Beats for getting his one. Yeah, shout out to Leon the Beats. Uh, he also made uh, Yo Gotti LeBron James big banger. <laughs> he was um, fucking rookie. Go ahead. <laughs> and uh, Ty Dolla Sign drop top in the rain. Beach House three. Good, good for you, yeah. Leon the Beats. You are. <laughs> so shout so shout out to him, but. Uh, I want to talk about some monster runs real quick. Um, somebody who I can't believe we gotten this far in the podcast without mentioning. Um, Mr. Mike Will made it. The former uh, smash buddy of Miley Cyrus. Hey, you want to talk about fucking hits, nigga. Hits. Now I'm talking about the Miley joint. That's a fucking big slap. 23? Oh, my, oh nigga, my God. I, I'm gonna play this as soon as we get done here. But um, now nah, Mike, I go ahead, go ahead. yeah, I feel like Mike will is and you know what's crazy, uh, twenty three, it looks like was um one of his first singles that he produced. Really? Um, I, yeah, I guess that yeah, makes sense uh, time wise. Uh, twenty three. Um, and uh, I think he worked on a couple other shit on the album, uh, Wrecking Ball and shit. Wrecking Ball slap too. If we, if we want to talk about yeah. it, um, Mike was uh, when was that? Because cause Mike was in the game for a minute before that. Because he did early shit with like some early Gucci, some early Ross, I believe. It well, well, I'm sorry. So it says that 23. Now that I opened up the full discography, he had plenty of shit before. Okay, yes, I'm just because um, yeah. yeah. Mike was a so, known so, so, by then. Yeah, so so he really he started blowing up in 2011, and I think the first time I remember like internalizing the Mike Will made it tag was "Ain't No Way Around It." I think that's the first time I was like, "Hmm, Mike Will made it. Who's this Negro?" And in that in that year alone, you know, he gave us just on the single side, Tupac back, "Ain't No Way Around It," "Way Too Gone," "Turn On The Lights." Then gets into 2012, gives us "Mercy." No lie, itching, bands make her dance, never end, pour it up. We still in this bitch. Uh, bitches love me. Show out, Bugatti, body party. 20, 2013, Miley Cyrus, we can't stop. 23, shit, uh, war ready, move that dope, no flex zone, no type, throw some mo, paradise. This could be us. Um, all from 2013-2014, then Black Beatles, uh, one of the biggest hits of this era, Humble, uh, DNA, and, um, Nothing Is Promised, his song, you know, you have with Rihanna too, which is also fire. Yeah, Mike, Mike so. Lilly was, uh, in that, Powerhouse. In, in those short years, he kind of vaulted himself into, you can make an argument that Mike belongs on, on, on a Mount Rushmore. I, I was just about to say that I, I even though he has not been as active in the last few years um, and I feel like that kind of premier producer position has he's kind of been replaced by I want to say take Keith the last few years um I still feel as if he did so much in a short span I think Mike will when you talk about monster runs, I don't think I can name anybody who had a better 
five year span ever than he did. Yeah, ever. Yeah. And that includes the GOATs. Uh mm, five year span. I, th- I I don't know, because when you talk about Dre, Mm-mm. Dre was doing N- Dre NWA shit to, to Ice Cube shit to Snoop shit to Tupac shit. Yeah, well, I was barely alive, so I don't. Uh, wow. <laughs> I can't. Uh, yeah, I, I don't have the exact timeline. But I, that's I, a good point. But either way, um, <laughs> either way, no, you know what? Honestly, I mean. like when I was like, we were talking this versus conversation. Um, there's only one producer of Mike's era that you can even put up against mm-hmm. him, and that's a testament to kind of how good he's made himself in, in the short time he's been around. Correct. Um. Correct. And, you know, uh, so that's, those are all the singles. Obviously, he is, um, he had been doing shit for, you know, with Gucci and Juice Man and Titty Boy and Shuddy Low, you know, in the late 2000s, even before all that, as you mentioned. Um, he he didn't did plenty of album cuts and mixtape cuts, you know, shit off the realest bag, you know, five songs off of Free Bricks. You know, the like like projects that that move us. <laughs> you feel Absolutely. me? With projects that we can that we can fill in our plums. You feel Absolutely. me? Absolutely, actually. Um, yeah, Mike. Now, Mike will has when you say a nigga got joints. Mike will legitimately has joints. Joints, joints. Um, and again, you talk about that that level of versatility that that we talked about with with Timbaland. Um, you know, Timbaland working so heavily with, you know, Aaliyah and Missy Elliott to literally making Justin Timberlake into what he is. It's because of Timberland. Um, to, you know, doing shit with, he did a lot of shit with Hove, you know, in the late 90s and early 2000s. He basically did all of Volume 3, um, for the most part, the vast majority of it. Um, and to shit. So by the time we get to the late 2000s, this nigga Timberland doing shit for One Republic. Uh, you feel me? <laughs> Apologize and 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 all the right moves and shit that, that slaps. You feel me? So, but the when, ones too. <laughs> oh, of course. Um, so when you talk about um versatility, I think that while Mike will gets, I think he kind of gets pigeonholed as you know, again, one of the uh the main purveyors of trap of the you know the trap sound because he kind of you know he kind of came into the mainstream at the same time as Lex Luger. Mm-hmm. Um but you talk about the versatility, you know, the difference in sounds and the difference in rhythms between, you know, and and ain't no way around it and a mercy and a no lie and a itching and a bands and maker dance and a show out. It's crazy. Nah, Mike. Mike. Mike is special. Like you said, the the kind of versatility within the within being still classified as kind of trap music. Mike. Mike is mm-hmm. one of the ones, and and he's he uh, as far as like executive wise, he he gave us one of the one of the better duos of this. Uh, the ear drummers. This this, this, this uh, decade, motherfucking uh, Ray Strimmer. You know what I'm saying. Yes, I need, sir. I, I need uh, new music. You. I seen I seen Sway Lee in the. Uh, the thug ski video. I need new music from Sway Lee. Uh, well, Sway Lee said, I think back in November that uh, Shrimp Life 4 is coming. What? No, Shrimp Life 3 was big fire. I'm not going to lie. But I, I just... We talked about it. Shrimp Life 3 was... That shit I just, hit. I need like but, legitimately solo R&B Sway. Like the Swaycation was... Swaycation... It had its me. moments. But mm. as a whole. Yeah. I feel... 
I, I agree, but I feel like it was by far the worst of the three projects in Shrimp Life 3. I don't know about by far because he had. I'm sorry. Did, 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 did Sway Lee have Zoe Isabella Kravitz on a song? You think she, you, on you his, think on his she project? could get in the studio with, with Sway? You think he's answering that call? Speak, what? Speaking of Zoe, Zoe Isabella Kravitz, shout out to her and her new bae, Taylor Page. Like that. I like that Taylor for y'all. Page? Who's Taylor huh? Page? Uh, old girl from Hit the Floor. Uh, playing Zola in the Zola. Okay, movie. okay. I, was, I don't know what goddamn Hit the Floor. Nigga, I watch SVU. Um, but nah, <laughs> but, but Sway had Sway got the best verse out of anybody. Sway got the verse of the year from Young Thug on on his having a project, so it's not that bad for me. Mm. Also, uh, really quickly, how you feel about Slime Language? Love it. The first, the first. Love half. it. Um, uh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, we got we got big features from people. Uh, Rowdy killed mm-hmm. it. Love Rowdy. Rowdy's been coming home doing a thing. Drake, Drake so killed his shit. Rowdy. Ski is a, is a movement right now. Nav did his goddamn thing. You see, yeah, you, right. see so, you see who um, keeps getting these phone calls. So so back to uh, our our you producer. You see talk. who keeps getting these phone calls. Um, so it would be when you talk about niggas that have had monster runs. Um, again, you cannot mention um King Slime without mention um the niggas that he has is is partially responsible for making famous. Uh, Metro, Metro, and London on the track. Yep. Um. So London on the track, I feel like London is one of those niggas in on the production side that has had that has had a ton of potential, has had a decent amount of success, but I feel like should be bigger than what he is. I can agree to that, but yeah, I guess kind of in the, in the grand scope of producers like nowadays, he. I don't think he really gets his, his credit, but London, London's got shit. London's got some shit. He'll come up later in our uh, tags uh, conversation. Mm-hmm. But London, London has, uh, like you said, a versatility. He's got he's got big big smashes. He's got kind of anthems, personal anthems. London, London's a special mm-hmm. producer. Yes, um, London is personally responsible for the Young Thug Rich Homie Quan era um, as well, which is you know, thank you, thank you, sir, thank you for your. Uh, your contributions. Um, obviously done a lot for his uh, baby moms. I don't know if they still a thing. Um, Summer Walker mm-hmm. as well. Um, and and spe- specifically, you know, Wes and I like to get into. Um, we love to get into the the deep cuts, the album cuts, and the mixtapes. He's you know very big on all the thug shit, all the rich homie Quan projects. Um, and you know, all of that shit. He, he's done some shit for Kodak, who I can't stand, but he's made some of my favorite Kodak beats. Also, he does have a number one record. Do you know what his number one record is? Um, no stylist? No, that wasn't number one. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think of uh, London got my beat from London. I also love that he uses like different tags. Like he doesn't just use one. We'll discuss that too in our tag, our producer tag conversation. Okay, sorry, no, no, sorry, no, guys. It's fine. No, like I, I enjoy producers <laughs> who gotta have multiple, multiple tags because you got the I'm London got my beat from London. You got a uh, got London on the track. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but his number one lifestyle. Good guess. Ariana Grande positions. Hmm. Yeah. Would you look at that? 
Yeah, I know. Uh, so London, London is, is is one of them ones that I feel like um, could be a lot more. So in order for London to continue his career trajectory, we're gonna need to get Rich Homie Quan back into the zeitgeist. Obviously, that's the only way. This. Oh, listen, I was I was tweeting about Rich Homie Quan. He dropped a project probably like two three years ago that was pretty fire, and nobody retweeted it. You guys are sick, sons <laughs> of bitches. Left Rich Homie. Quan. I listened to that project and I enjoyed Rich it. Rich Homie out to dry like that, you motherfucker. But um, yeah, I feel like just him and him and Thug. They they said uh, last time I just, last interview I seen with Rich Homie and Thug, they were like, nah, it's some shit that they don't they don't know if they can kind of resolve and get over. But I I sure hope they do because I would love to see yeah Rich Homie back with Thug. Yeah, yeah, that that was that was the last that I I heard of that too, as well. Um, let's talk about uh, like I said, the other half of that, somebody who I feel is. Obviously, intrinsically tied to future, but I would love to see him still branch out a little bit more. Um, it's somebody who's intrinsically tied to future and Twenty One Savage, and that's Metro Boomin. Because oh, I don't know about intrinsically tied. Metro's got some shit, my brother. No, 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 no. Ain't nobody saying he ain't got shit. But I feel like his a lot of his success is tied to future and Twenty One Savage, and I think that's true. I mean, I would say. I don't know. You 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 would think that because that's kind of where he started and that's kind of where he kind of blew up. But but as far as his production wise, like some of his biggest shit is uh. Listen, shit like, he he, shit like he got he, Yeah, uh, yeah. But I'm saying like he got plenty of shit. He got plenty of shit with Gunner. He got shit with Gucci. Your hands. He got shit with the weekend. But yeah, okay. He has multiple entire projects. Multiple entire projects with both Future and Twenty One Savage, and that's fine. That's that's when you when you have that type of chemistry and you can lock in with art. Those are those are literally what I was going to talk about that a little bit later. But that's kind of my some of my favorite projects I get for, from some artists I love is when or just in, artists in general when you can lock in with a producer yeah. for like a little EP, lock, it, lock, lock in with with that's the Brody beautiful. and and make some. Metro Metro's bigger. What? He's bigger than that. No, and and that's that's not me saying that Metro does not have anything outside of them, but I do feel as if he has not been able to sustain that success outside of them, at least on a mainstream level. We're not, we're not talking about, we're, we're not talking about just making great beats. We're not talking about just making good projects. The vast majority of his hits with the exception of obviously Tuesday, obviously, uh, bad and bougie. Number one, classic. Post Malone, Post congratulations. Malone. Uh, Tunnel Vision, all great records. The vast majority of everything else is Future and Twenty One Savage. And I say that to say not that he can't do anything outside of them. I say that to say he deserves more. He deserves all the number fucking ones. Metro's that fucking nigga, bruh. Metro's I I again is another disagreement we're going to have to have. Um I don't think he's necessarily viewed that way. Um I think he just knows he has chemistry with these guys and they, they if he goes to them they can make great music. And he likes to tap in with his homies. I can't blame him for that. But I feel like he's done too much outside of just those two he's got like we were just you just naming some of the hits. He's got like big hits over the years. It's not like necessarily like a year or something like that. He's got big shit with the weekend, you know what I'm saying? He's got I think he's got too much of a varied discography just to to kind of paint him in that narrative. But I I kind of feel where you're coming from. 
Yeah, it, it's it's more it's it's not it's not me trying to pigeonhole him. I think it's just more it's me more saying that me nigga, me and you are fully aware of Metro's, you know, contributions to the game. When the casual music listener that doesn't really dive as deep, that don't really be digging in the walls of hip hop the way that we do here, Metro Boomin wants some more nigga. They're gonna think those few hits and 21 Savage and Future. But again, agree to disagree. Um, all that being said, Metro's that nigga. Um, Metro has been a part of, like you said, some of the biggest hits, particularly the biggest cultural hits of of recent memory of of the last seven to eight years. Um, he is most importantly, he did one of my favorite future songs, Karate Chop, um, which is I I feel like one of his uh, more he put a lot of work into that beat. You can tell. Yeah. Um, he put a lot of work and a lot of time into that shit, and it is timeless. Whenever you hear Karate Chop, that shit, you can't, you can't sit down. You feel me? You gotta go stand up, go to the stove, uh, open up your, your <laughs> open up your cabinet, uh, pull out the baking soda. Mm-hmm. You feel me? Um, you know, go get your uh, your stepped on brick and cook that shit the fuck up. Um, you already mentioned Tuesday. I think one thing that I did forget to mention, very instrumental in the early success of Travis Scott, too. Yeah. But again, I think that people, Travis Scott's another one of those people that, as great of a producer as he is, a lot of people think that any song that Travis is on or any song that Travis is a part of is solely produced by Travis Scott, and that's not the case. Uh-huh. He did, you know, Days Before Rodeo, he gave us Mama Sita and Skyfall, um, which are are probably the two best beats on there. And he did plenty of shit on Rodeo too. Um, pornography, fire, 3,500, fire. Nightcrawler, love me some Nightcrawler with Sway Lee and Chief Keef mm-hmm. on there. Got um, so most, important, most importantly, he's got a tape with Nav. Met- Metro right, knows so, how to pick him. It's funny how Nav uh, just keeps coming up in these conversations. So um, anyway, he also did the majority of... Um, of what a time to be alive again culturally huge he did um uh quite a bit of ds2 culturally important he did low life i mean you know what 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 more do you need to say about that he did x again another one huge bad and bougie obviously don't get no bigger than that um mask off i mean these are timeless timeless fucking class this nigga did uh, thirteen songs on DS two. Yeah, the 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 uh the metro tags are heavy across that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, you, I literally metro... said when I was like earlier when I was talking about Mike Will, I think as far as producers of his era, I think Metro's the only one you could put up with him and have a convincing fight. Actually, mm, never mind. I, think I... I thought of another one, but um, who's the other one? He will because he'll come up in my underrated. Okay. Um, so, you know, a couple more people that obviously want to touch on really quickly. Don't have time to get into everybody. Um, one that I feel a producer, I feel like is, is a little bit more polarizing. I would say is DJ Mustard. How do you feel about Mr. Dijon's catalog as a whole? Um, I feel like he's more one of the producers we were talking about that kind of had a, had a run. Uh, Mm -hmm. I, 
I don't know if I would call it a monster run, but I it was monster. I was gonna say if, if it's not monster, I was gonna say it's like the just the the tick below monster. Like I don't I don't know what a yeah. ghoul run or some shit like that. But nah, mustard. He had he had a moment. Mustard mustard had a moment. He definitely did, and I think what bothers me about mustard is his sound. He was able to perfect. Not bothers me, but I think it's something that's that's actually kind of incredible. His sound was so he perfected it so well um and crafted such a sound that was so unique to him that it sound it all it sounded manufactured like it sounded like um it was something that was made in a lab and it was something that could easily be replicated so in that you know uh, early 2010s uh, 11 12 13 DJ Mustard became not just the sound of one of the sounds of hip hop. He became one of the sounds of pop music. When you yeah. think about early 2000s uh, or, or early 2010s, um, you think about shit like Paranoid, like Ty Dolla Sign Paranoid. That was that was the sound, bro. Kid Ink, show me. These that was That's popular music. Yeah, no, that um, yeah, that was yeah. around the time where I guess kind of rap music kind of started training to become popular music and those mm-hmm. were the biggest songs of, of of that time so by the transitive property i don't know if that's the right property, property. but mustard became know. one pimp dash yeah, shout, shout to my aunt sally but um that not nah, mustard had some of the biggest songs in the world at, at that time you know what he gave us you know what what that one was that he gave us uh rack city yeah, but R.I.P. Doom, 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 doom. Ah, my uh, nigga is, is uh is that his biggest? Is that his number one? Does he have any number ones? No. Uh, what's his, what's his, what's his highest chart? His highest charting is name. actually one of his more recent ones. Give me a little. Give me, give me a hint. Uh, looks like a big mouth character. Who? Uh, what? The artist looks like a character from Big Mouth. Uh, oh boy, I'm about to get real problematic. Is it? Is it a? Uh, oh wait a minute, are you not? Nah, you're not talking about my, my baby, nigga. I, nah, nah, we're not. We're not finna do this, nigga. I'm about to. I'm about to press stop on this motherfucker and catch the flight to to Cleveland to whoop that ass. You're not talking about my girl because I know she's signed to him. No, I I I I, I, I actually think LMA is. Great. I love it. I However, love LMA. She, um, I'm gonna talk. Up. I was gonna say, actually, yeah, his, up, yeah. Is is his highest charting single? But he got some other big one. Rack City was a top tenner. You know, my nigga was just outside the top ten. Uh, Show me was just outside the top ten. Um, he did Tanache two on that charted pretty high too. Uh, Jeremiah, don't tell him again. The yeah. the the sound it sounded manufactured like it almost like it sounded like you know all the record industry execs met at some you know, big meeting in fucking Ibiza and decided, okay, this is what the, that generic, that generic sound of the game is going to be like that family guy shit. Um, Hey, that new, uh, that remember that generic sound that you said you was looking for. Here it is. <laughs> like that's, that's what it was. I don't fuck with you. Um, just outside the top 10 and plenty of other shit needed me. Needed me is one of my favorite Rihanna beats. Did that shit too. Nigga did freaky Friday. Um, and he never, even though we, it seemed like he might have fell off for a few years, he really didn't. Uh, He's been here pretty consistently. And then one of my 
my favorite uh, beats within the last few years, Migos, Pure Water. That's that shit's ridiculous. Nah. Um. <laughs> <laughs> now what's the uh, shitty the other joint? The fucking um. Goddamn the Roddy Rich joint. Uh, Ballin, yeah, yeah, and shit, yeah. I don't know if it's his personal tape. Nah, mustard is one of the ones like, I really like. You like you spoke to it. I didn't realize. Big I didn't bang. think about kind of his longevity because he doesn't. Early on, when he first started, it was kind of hit after hit after hit, and but now it's mm-hmm. like maybe one or two a year. But being consistent, uh, supposed to be, supposed to be as well. Shit, yeah, that's con- consistency for for ten years now. He's a hell, hell of a run, bro. Uh, who do you love? Obviously, basically, I, I I give him a lot of credit because you know we talked about. Uh, 21 Savage and Future being synonymous with Metro, it's difficult to become synonymous with an artist. You know, a producer becoming synonymous with an artist. Normally, you only have a producer that may maybe be synonymous with one, maybe two artists, tops, you know, that you just say, oh, that's that's they, they person, right? He's synonymous with Ty Dolla Sign. He's synonymous with YG. He's synonymous with LMA. He's synonymous with, um, um, what the fuck was I about to say? Uh, with Roddy Rich. You feel me? Like, that's big, bro. Mm-hmm. Don't kind of argue the last two. But nah, just to be kind of associated with, see, he was just knocking goddamn Metro Boomin for this earlier. It's I sick. didn't know. I, Sickening. Again. Nigga, I, I wasn't fucking knocking him. That's me saying that I feel like he deserves more than to just be associated with them. Mm-hmm. God damn it. Fuck you, nigga. All right. Um <laughs> had to mention uh had to mention mustard um uh, real quick. We already t- kind of talked about Travis Scott. Travis Scott has been, you know, the, the backbone of of good music for quite a long time. Obviously, he's played a big part in producing a lot of his own music. He's one of the biggest stars in the game. Can't take nothing away from him. Um, Did you mention Nav production? So the one back to back um, that I want the last one that I really want to mention or um, the last two actually that I want to mention kind of came up at the same time. Again, kind of really came up in the, the late 20, late 2000s, early 2010s. And one that I feel like really had had the potential to be could potentially be one of the greats, but he disappeared, and that's Hit Boy. What? Yeah, we've talked about what? this on this pod before. We've talked Hit about Boy this, nigga. My uh, most underrated because he has got a lot of shit. But that's the thing; I don't even think he was underrated. That like he did. A lot in a short time span. Again, one of those niggas that did everything in the world for like three years, and then he has even openly acknowledged that he stepped away from music and and just came back within the last two to three years. And even then, he's came back with some shit. I'm not saying that he didn't come back, but nigga, he don't leave the game while you hot. That's how May screwed up, nigga. When did he? Let me let me pull up his shit. When did he leave? Look at look at the production credits. You dumb motherfucker, and look, and look at what he did in certain years, and how it got more sparse as time went on. This man was uh, focused on his life. I don't know why you knocked him for his goddamn life. Um, it looks like he was he was putting out some good beats, like people were just folding on him. 
People wasn't talking that shit on his on his beats. Yeah, yeah, um, but 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 somebody who um again did a lot of work with uh was was one of the most instrumental factors in Watch the Throne, which again you want to talk about project um you know production highest production value on projects of all time. Watch the Throne is definitely up there. Um did a ton of work on Watch the Throne. Did a lot of work with Beyonce as well, which Beyonce. I mean I mean, to even get in the studio with Beyonce is crazy, you know. And he and he did, he had some big hits too. He got shit with um, Lil Bibby, dog. Come on, he, he does have shit with Lil Bibby. I saw. I, I didn't even know he did trophies. Yeah, yeah, that's him. Uh, click, uh, backseat freestyle. You know, again, a very culturally relevant shit. Um, he got shit with Bieber, got shit with Drake. You feel me? Got shit with Keisha Cole. Yeah, a lot of shit with Rocky. Um, he did one of my my favorite throwback beats, One Train. Mm-hmm. Um, he he made EXO. Mm-hmm. He made Somewhere in America. Mm-hmm. You feel me? And I don't know. I just feel like he is he is one of them ones that if if he would have kept going, myself. you know, would have myself. <laughs> uh, if you if he would have kept going, um, at, that he could have been an all timer. Um, he's still around, you know, so hopefully he still got some success left in him, but he, he could have been all timer, but specifically because we continue to talk about versatility. Hit boy is so talented that he doesn't even have like a signature sound. All the rest of the niggas that we talked about today, they, they have some type of signature sound. When you hear the beat, you'd be like, ah, you know what? That's probably Timbo. Okay. Yep, that's probably Metro. You you can't even do that with him. No, I'm saying, look, if you just scroll down his production Wikipedia, just the names of people, like just looking at yeah. this, uh, Mary J. Blige, uh, BB Rexa, Clips, Justina Sky, Ariana Grande, Shout out to Rexa. Travis Scott, like shit. He can go all over the place. Nigga did he got credits on sicko mode. Yes, he does. Mm-hmm. He was he was You love Nas. He got some uh, a whole bunch of Nas shit. Yeah. He just won a Grammy, dog. Come on, come um, on. Man. Also, uh, again, real quick uh, before we get on to the next topic, um, I who I somebody who I cannot ignore um, in this time period, uh, Lex Luger. I've already mentioned him about five times. I want to come back to him. Lex motherfucking Luger. Um, I don't even know what to say other than that nigga's great. Um. Yeah, I, I, I literally, like, I literally, we talked about it many times, and, I, and I've said it, like, Lex is, for my money, the most underrated producer to ever do it, just simply because he, in my opinion, created a new sound entirely by himself. The tra- the trap sound, yeah. yes. Um, and, and we've talked about it on the pod, even though trap rap was around, obviously, you know, Gucci, T.I., everybody, Jeezy, well before Lex was even a thing. The sound, the sound that has become synonymous with trap music was basically patented by Lex Luger. I mean, he did the majority of the production, even though there was a lot of Justice League on there, on Teflon Don, which um, is one of my um, favorite albums of all time from a production standpoint. Teflon Don is crazy from track to track to track. Shout out Ricky Rose, Mm -hmm. Hall of Famer, first ballot. Um, He did... The vast majority of the production for Flocka once he entered his mainstream run, um, Flockavelli, who we, w- which we've already said is a very low key classic. Um, 
he he made he made ham. You feel me? He made um you know uh that way. He made round of applause. He made nine piece. You feel me? He made bake sale. And even though his run again wasn't nearly as long, did a lot of shit for OJ the Juice Man too. Um, even though his run wasn't nearly as long as it deserved to be, everything that he gave us in that time period was fire. Uh, a lot of lot of help with two chains too. Um, I I, I so. credit him with bringing back Juicy J. Yeah, that that I almost forgot. Uh, a rubber band business, and obviously the the all time classic Blue Dream and Lean. That was that was basically it's all Lex Luger. It's not better than rubber. I feel like I feel like that's one of our one of our bigger arguments. Blue, Blue <laughs> Dream and Lean versus, versus rubber band music too. <laughs> uh, we come back to that shit quite a bit. So shout out to Lex Luger. Um, but. That kind of segues us into um, the next topic, which is projects. What are your some of your favorite projects from on a, a production standpoint? Um, I didn't get a chance to do like a full full super duper list because I had started some of this producer mm-hmm. talking and kind of forgot and did, was busy at work. Um, but I just got a couple, just like a, a small few. Um, just real quickly before I get into like the albums and shit. One thing I did like we touched on a little bit earlier is like when I say I, I really love when a producer and a artist can kind of lock in and give us an yeah. EP or a mixtape and just kind of them we're gonna sit down for a couple days, a week or so at a time and just kind of running through shit. And one of my more one of my favorite producer artist mixtapes, it's a little low key. Um, I guess not low key if you're a fan of this artist, but it's yeah. Covert Coop. By currency, over a coop, him mm-hmm. and Alchemist yep. locking in, and that I love. Like I'm a big currency fan, um, and Shots it is uh, one of the the most prolific as far as projects prolific. artists we have in in the recent memory. But this is all the flowers. Well, I'm literally every 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 fucking flowers. But I love that nigga. But him and Alchemist locked in. Um, one year was it probably mm-hmm. 2013, 14, somewhere around there, but they gave us a, a mixtape of yeah. just beautiful Alchemist style beats. If you know Alchemist, you know the type of style beats he makes. Alchemist is a, is, is another, another true legend in the production game. Yeah. Um, when I think about Alchemist, it may just be because they're both white, but when I think about, um, Alchemist, I also, a lot of times can't help, but think about Harry fraud as well. Um, because they make, like very theatric sounding beats, which yeah. I feel like is definitely a lost art. Like you feel like you listening to a movie when you listen oh, to them. A uh, shout out to Harry Fraud and all of his uh, all of his contributions to the career of French. Oh, say yes, thank you. you can't say Harry without uh, <laughs> Mac, you can't say French without cheese and without uh, Harry mm-hmm. Fraud. But the Cobra Cooper's twenty eleven. Uh, I'm old as hell. But um, no, nah, Alchemist is, is one of them greats. Like you said, he's got he's got a kind of a distinctive sound and him and currency locked in for a couple mm-hmm. times so i think cover coop is the probably best representation of kind of both of them alchemist goes crazy with every beat spit it does what he does on the beats and i think it's just from from a song to song I, I i love this i love going back and listening to that project um it flows very well so this is a, it's one of my favorite more more favorite uh produced mixtapes um as far as projects i just got a little list like blueprint i think blueprint Production wise, I think it's got a couple misses, but I think kind of top to bottom, it's probably Jay Z's best D- produced album. Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, that's one of the ones on my list as well. Um, and we got on that album, we got uh, 
specifically just on the main album, not talking no bonus tracks. We got three all-time classics from Just Blaze with Girls, 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 You Don't Know and Song Cry. Um, I mean, nigga, that's enough to put him on a second tier Mount Rushmore alone. Right, and, and those so. are three of like, nah, I don't even think those are three of the best beats on that album, which speaks to kind of how great production-wise that album was. I love Girls, Girls, Girls. Girls. I, think, I, think that, I think that shit is uh, incredible. If I had to pick a beat, let me pull up the track list right. Oh, yeah, if I had to pick a beat, it's got to be The Ruler's Back. That shit's crazy. Mm, yeah. No, 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 no. Oh, um, remix. Uh, all I need. All I need beat is my favorite beat on the album. We'll talk about that producer a little bit later. Um, yes, sir. Uh, well, yeah, just real sure. quickly, what else I had on my list? Uh, graduation. I know it's uh, the consensus yes, is to have uh, my dark, beautiful, dark twist. I always forget what. Uh, my beautiful, yeah, dark twist is fantasy. Okay. Um, my yes. fantasy where I voted for Trump is usually like his first uh, <laughs> production. Like people love to point to that production as Kanye's kind of best production, but I'm more partial to kind of the shit on graduation, especially like the first. Yeah, episode. I'm a yeah. I mean, I feel like I like graduation is is the album that it, it's it's crazy, and I don't think maybe it was just the time in my life. Maybe it was because graduation was like right when iPods were hitting, and I didn't have an iPod yet, so it was like one of those last like physical out like cds that i listen to front to back um i've listened i spent a lot of time with graduations beats i probably actually listened to graduation more than i listened to um than i listened to my beautiful dark twisted fantasy and like you said i really love i love the beats on the entire album but you want to talk about that first half specifically with good morning with champion with the good life with can't tell me nothing with barry bonds and then drunken hot girls is the trash in the yeah, middle, and then and then flashing lights, you know, all time classic, the glory, homecoming, and my favorite beat on the album, which is Big Brother. Um, I think DJ Toomp, I want to say, uh, go get a beat from Toomp and make a hook like shout shout to DJ Toomp. He did a lot for 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 Tip specifically, mm-hmm. um, in the two thousands. Graduation is great though, for sure. Yep. Um, randomly, just didn't I don't know why I just thought it's now but shout Shorty Red, um. <laughs> I don't know why I thought yep. Shari, he could have gone to my underrated. I don't know why I literally just thought Shari Red just now. <laughs> um, another one I have kind of more recently, uh, probably one of my favorite projects of the last five years or so is Harder Than Ever. Um, mm-hmm. Little Baby. That is uh, something I think and you can literally just go from song to song. And it's some of the beats are kind of similar, but at the same time, they're they're done well and it's arranged well. And I think it's one of the better, more better produced uh, projects from one from one of the newer niggas in the game. Um, and then kind of last, like I did, I just threw this list together. I got to have my nigga future on here and I was kind of debating between kind of his best produced projects and I boiled it down to uh, settled on monster. Ooh, see, I, I boiled it down to yeah. DS2 and evil. Hmm. Okay. But, uh, cause Fu- monster gets, it's got some, some, some stinkers on there and I don't, I don't think mm-hmm. DS2 and evil have any stinkers. <laughs> Production wise or song wise? Production wise. Mm, mm, I disagree, but but um, again, this is uh my opinion, so screw what you have to say. Like uh, um, Mad Love Stunk, uh, Harley's <laughs> right. Har- Har- but um, no, but uh, yeah. So Future's got got many a projects that are that are beautiful sounding to me, but mm-hmm. I think those are kind of two of the more pro- better produced ones. 
Um, that was kind of just off the top, but uh, those are some of the albums I think that are just beautiful, smooth, kind of all production, even though it may be from different, in some cases it's from the same producer and other cases it's from just a whole mix of producers. But I think those are kind of ones that you could just point to instrumentally and just run through and say, you know what, this, 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 this the instrumentals and the beat on this are, are, are fire. Yeah, man. And, uh, you know, BS2, you know, we've talked about it a bunch of times is, is Future's magnum opus. And, and a big part of that is just because of Metro uh, specifically mm-hmm. and um, the, the production, which was tip top. You feel me? Um, and and I, I, even though I prefer Monster from a production standpoint, it's, it's you know, anybody could say BS2 and, you know, wouldn't bat, wouldn't even consider to bat an eyelash. Um also, I like I said, I also had a blueprint one on there. Um, mostly, vast majority, just Blaze and Kanye. Same situation on uh, blueprint two as well. And you know them niggas don't miss. Um, just Blaze also did Hobie Baby on blueprint yep. two. Love that shit. Um, but um, blueprint one definitely my beautiful dark sense of fantasy, uh, which we talk about ad nauseum. It is my pick for the best produced project of all time in the history of the rap music. Um it's a, that shit's insane. It is it is it is it is a movie, it is a theater experience. It is, you know, it is it is it is a, a play. It is it is every artistic form, every artistic medium that you can possibly imagine all rolled up into one. Um specifically, you know, the different interludes and, you know, the intros and the outros for different songs, you know, Dark Fantasy is crazy. Gorgeous is ridiculous. All of the lights interlude into all of the lights. Monster, Soul Paul, one of my favorite songs ever. Devil in a New Dress, the way that shit is laid out. Runaway, the way that shit is laid out. Blame Game, you know, you feel me? It's it's crazy. Um, number two on that list for best produced albums of all time is The Chronic for me. Um a sound G-Funk defined an entire era um, that anybody, you know, regardless of what age you are, anybody can go back and listen to that shit and really kind of take in, um, you know, what the West Coast meant back then. Already mentioned Teflon, Don, um, uh, Justice League, and and Lex Luger did that to fuck up. Um, Obviously, Aston Martin Music, Maybach Music 3, um, I'm Not a Star, MC Hammer, like mm-hmm. all time, all time, all time heat on there. So the two that I did want to mention that we haven't, that we have not touched on, I did want to get in the R and B bag just for a second. I couldn't decide which one I preferred. I think I'm leaning towards the second one, but either way, um, fire nonetheless. Um, Usher's early to mid 2000 run with both 8701 and Confessions. Um, JD. Uh, Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis. Um, Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis. Um, did that shit the fuck up. Um, Diddy also, you know, uh, played a big part specifically in um, 8701. You know, just the thing I think for me, it's not necessarily the most intricate beats, but when you hear those songs, you hear those sounds you hear, you know, those instrumentals, it, it takes you back to a time very easily. You know, like, you know, you remind me, um, you know, you uh, you don't have to call, um, you know, Superstar, Burn, all this shit um, is without that 
tr uh, tremendous production on those two projects, Usher would have never reached the heights that he reached, which was at a time, you know, arguably the biggest star in music. Yeah. Um, so A seven hundred one confession, and the last one that I wanted to hit on, Cabin Fucking Fever. Um, mm. Cabin Fever was hard, and that's not that's not even me saying that Cabin Fever's production is better than some other Wiz projects. I, <laughs> I think was, it is. I was about personally. to say, um, the Cabin Fever special. I, I, you know, and a lot of people always bring up Cushion OJ. I actually that's what do I was, that's what think, I was about to say. I actually do think Cabin Fever's production is better. It, it, it's, it, but they're kind of hard to compare. They are completely fucking different. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but again, you know, we come back to it. Who was who was the nigga that did the vast majority of Cabin Fever? Lex fucking Luger. Again, mm -hmm. um, you think about phone numbers. You think about Gang Bang. You think about Early Day. You think about WTF. You think about Taylor Gang and my my favorite beat, Homicide, on that on that project. Um, nine songs, all heat except Middle of You. I've never liked that song. I don't think I ever will. Um, and absolutely essential um, to the era and essential to again to pushing that trap sound. Um, and shout out to Lex Luger, please, please come. Nah, Lex, Lex, Lex is like, that was a, that was a, a showcase for Lex uh, of just his talent and kind of his his power in the game. But Kushner just got some fucking yeah. Kushner just is, is my choice for for top Wiz production wide. Don't blame you. Um. So and before um we get into our top five and wrap shit up, um I just want to throw out a few songs in particular that are some of my favorites. Again, I had a good time. I cracked open some claws. I laid back through on well, uh, my very expensive beats headphones. Before we get into that, let me just let me just run through a couple Go underrated ahead. guys real quickly. Okay, um, yeah. Lex Luke was on my list. Hit Boy was kind of on my list. Yep. I also had DJ Paul. Um, okay. For kind of doing three six shit and kind of creating uh, creating like the Memphis sound that was uh, almost actually DJ mm -hmm. Paul by himself. Big part. Um, of it. Yeah. I had a guy we're talking about with his blueprint. Bink. Bink has some shit. Mm. Bink's got, he did Rulers back, he did All I Need, Mama Loves yeah. Me. He did the perhaps the greatest mixtape or freestyle beat in the world, You, Me, Him, and Her. Um, mm -hmm. Bink's got a lot of shit. He's got some Aaliyah shit. Damn, he Bink got a whole bunch of joints. Yep. You talked about Justice League. Chop. Uh, Chop kind of did his whole thing. And then one of the, when I, when I said Metro and Mike, and I completely forgot about this guy, uh, perhaps one of the greatest of our, of the more recent era. Doesn't get talked about. It's Boy Wonder. Shout out to Boy Wonder, man. Boy Wonder has a lot of shit, dog. A lot of shit. Early wow. Drake shit. Yeah. Best I ever had forever. Yeah, it's weird that we've gotten so far in the show without mentioning two of, mentioning two of Drake's most frequent collaborators, which are um, Boy Wonder and 40, 40 um, which, you know, they're, again, I don't, I think it's a situation where 40 is obviously not really too much of a thing um, without Drake, obviously, mm -hmm. but it's just the fact that they come together so well. Um, even though 40 obviously needs Drake, Drake would not have reached the heights that he without has 40. reached without 40, you know, knowing exactly what sound and what story he's trying to tell. Correct. Yeah. No, that's, that's, that's kind of one of those partnerships. It's kind of like, I think kind of like kind of like almost like a Snoop and Dre, like the just the, the powers that be kind of came together, 
and one wouldn't be one without the other. But uh, Boy Wonder did one of your, another one of your favorite songs, "Not Afraid" by Eminem. Uh, <laughs> 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 he did. Uh, now, nah, if you would have said "Crack a Bottle," oh boy, I I, I would have been I'm there. Breaking with you. up, I can't hear you. Um, Wonder did work. <laughs> Perhaps one of, one of uh, the the more recent better party songs. One has mm-hmm. got a ton of shit too. Um, the, the 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 Cardi B John with Jeezy. Um, Wonder I think is 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 because I never I never initially think of Wonder when I think of great producers, but Wonder is a great producer. Um, yes, those are just few of my most uh, underrated uh, producers. Unless we can get the songs now. Uh, that's no, crazy. I'm on the. Uh... Uh, the Cabin Fever wiki page, you know, and they always got all the links and shit to the mm-hmm. bottom, at the bottom, uh, for the reviews and shit. One of the reviews is from uh, World's Greatest Human, Gabe Kramer. Shouts our nigga Gabe. How about that? Um, yeah, that's that's wild. Um, songs, uh, just rapid fire. Like I said, had a good time, cracked some claws, put my shit on shuffle, um, and just went through my expansive uh, eleven thousand song library, and. Um, a lot of shit that popped up. Uh, first of all, I I think I've already said um, on numerous occasions that this is my favorite beat of all time. So I can't get into any conversation of best produced songs without mentioning this. Um, Dr. Dre, Explosive slash Bag Lady. Um, hmm. It is it is not. I think I love it because it is not the most intricate song, but that shit's or not the most intricate beat, but that shit sucks you the fuck in. It is intoxicating. It's intoxicating as fuck. Um, so shout out to um, Dre. Uh, shout out to Erica Badu for killing wanna, that shit. Shout out to Nate Dogg. You want to go back and forth with this beat, beat talk real quick? All right, I, was, yeah. I got another Dre beat in one of my favorite reductions. It's uh, Freak Like mm. Me by Dina Howard. That <laughs> beat is insanity. <laughs> The song mm-hmm. is a tremendous song, but just the beat itself. That's one of those the, the beats. I, I'll just listen to the beat by itself. Adina Howard know. is is applying for patron sainthood on this podcast. She ain't too and far she away. She can be the first saintress. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what the female yeah, version yeah. of saint is, but she she's <laughs> up there. But now that that beat's crazy, and I love that beat so much. Um, man, fuck yeah. Um, so another one that's just uh, you talk about intoxicating. I mention all the time. Uh, Timbaland, Drake, say something. It's another big one for me. That song gets me emotional. It it really do. I and I remember hearing it. I for the first time way back two thousand nine, late two thousand nine, early twenty ten. I remember hearing that shit like uh while I was kicking it like with with, with my cousin and shit. And I was like, damn, this shit. This shit made me feel. <laughs> Some. Oh, yeah. uh, oh, yeah. this, this, every time I hear that shit takes back when I was dealing with uh redacted and uh I, you know, a whole bunch <laughs> of shit was going on, but that was my go-to. I love that song. Um uh, yes, sir. uh we didn't talk about it, but Just Blaze is my favorite producer of all time. And I kind of have a be. hot take of what my favorite Just Blaze beat is. Ooh, okay. All right, you, all right let me get ready. All right. Well you okay. t- you tell me yours because I feel like yours will be kind of do you have you have a favorite Just Blaze beat off top? Oh man. Um it is very hard to pin down a favorite. Um, I want to say it's something Hove, but not necessarily. I'm going to go with, I think my favorite Just Blaze beat is I Really Mean It. That is that is a legendary beat. Okay, so this, you're, you're not even going to see this one coming. It was completely out of okay. left field. My, it's, uh, I don't know if it's my favorite or if it's, well, I think it's just his best beat. It's somewhere between my favorite and I think it's just his best beat. 
It's 88 by Wale. Mm, that's a good one when, though. when you when you please i advise you guys to go back and listen to that song or listen to the instrumental that is <sighs> that is that's a great sleeper i you know i don't like to give you any I credit I'm a, I'm but that is that's a tremendous one let's also not forget just blaze made the second coming yeah um uh he made ignorant shit mm-hmm. just just really my favorite that- producer of all time i love he did everything for Saigon to die. There would be no uh, appearances on Entourage without. I think Saigon was on Entourage. Was Drag on? One of, one of them low tier New York <laughs> niggas was on Entourage. It's, it was it's Saigon. Saigon. Okay. Drag on. One of them, one of them <laughs> low tier New York niggas was on Entourage. Uh, uh, what, what may say? Uh, I walked up to Loom. He said, Well, Asalaam Alaikum. You know I ain't Muslim, my nigga. I'm about my bacon. I'm like, what the fuck? He's gonna throw Loon and his and his religion that's, under that's the bus. What, that's Wal Haram. <laughs> but yeah, eighty eight by displays. Please go back and revisit that video if you don't know. Um, that great, great. Uh, Just Blaze has done so much for obviously Hove, um, obviously for Bleak. He did Touch the Sky as mm-hmm. well. Um, you know, uh, I'm j- j- now I'm just looking at this shit, uh, shit for the Young Guns. Uh, Friday night. Um, Lord knows, Drake joined. Yeah, it, yeah. Freedom by um, Beyonce. It, the uh, almost the entirety of uh, Philadelphia Freeway. <sighs> Shout out to my close personal friend Freeway. Uh, he did uh, <laughs> Exhibit <laughs> C. He did a uh, Breathe by Redacted. Um, yeah. <laughs> pump it up. Yeah. Just Blaze has some of the like from his kind of run from the early two thousands to kind of. Kind of the early alt area from like early 2000, like 2010. He just had he has some of the the biggest songs that that were like anthem, oh without a anthem, doubt anthem type songs. So shout out to Just Blaze again. And, and 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 it is not in my top five producer tags, but Just Blaze. I mean that's big oh, one. No, I, I big said I, well, we'll talk about that later when we get to there. But yeah, Just Blaze. Um. Okay. Uh. Next up again, can't not acknowledge this song because it is the greatest song ever made. Uh, produced by Tarantino, March Madness. March Madness, it's crazy. It's uh, not even the best song on the mixtape. It's on, but a tremendous <laughs> great beat nonetheless. Uh, iconic. Uh, Chris Brown does a backflip to it. Yeah, on, on beat, um, which, which is you know that's that's quite the accomplishment for a crackhead. Oh, oh boy, um, I got, <laughs> I got, I got. Uh, 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 real quick, um, because I will, I'm, I'm feeling Smith, and I will forget this one. Um, not even the most, I think when you, you think about the Neptunes, you think about Pharrell, you think about the clips. The first thing you think about is the most iconic lunch table beat of all time, which is grinding. I, I'm going to raise you one and I'm going to go with when's the last time. Yeah, that's a better beat. Um, no, 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 I'm not going to argue with that. <laughs> that's definitely a better beat. Grinding's easier to do. It's a more iconic, but, uh. Anytime yep. you get get, get uh, niggas and bitches, just uh, to, to start to starting a beat, it's uh, it's beautiful. It, d- definitely. Uh, also, uh, this could have been a top five. One of the greatest Harlem Shake songs of all time is uh, is when's the last time? Just throw your goddamn whole rotator cuff out doing <laughs> doing Harlem Shake into, into that. Um, I got two Kanye joints. One is all the lights. Uh, love the mm-hmm. beat. It's a uh, Beautiful. Extremely complex. I got another complex beat coming up, but that's kind of a, whole, a ton of moving parts that come together 
perfectly into so one of the better beats that Keith Kanye's ever produced. And then my personal favorite mm-hmm. Kanye beat, it's another one that's gonna, gonna gonna come kind of out of left field. But guess who's back? Scarface, mm. Scarface, Jay, and and you know what? That's not even out of left field. That shit's yeah. amazing. Okay, okay, good. <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't, I don't consider that out of left field at all. Um, yeah, I mean, guess who's Bizak is? I, I think when we, when we did our whole pod, which is goddamn near three years ago now, that was definitely one of the ones that we both mentioned as just one of our favorite whole songs or whole features in general. Yep. Um, classic. Uh, I, I want to mention another. That's two. All I got two more um, too. Yep. <laughs> um, I, I I got a bunch more, oh, but I ain't, I ain't about to go on for too long. But uh, the niggas that I have to acknowledge, um, I that I cannot go, um, even another minute without showing some love to for again crafting the sound of a city, um, the sound of an entire region. I got two UGK joints. Oh, uh, off the same album, um, get thrown and the game belongs to me. Both couldn't decide which one I liked more. Don't hate that. Those are those are uh, get those are really really good beats. Like, yeah, tremendously yeah, good yeah, beats. Yeah. That, that's not bad. Yeah, glad UGK gets some some recognition here on this list. Um, I'll jump. I guess I'll jump to my R and B one first before I finish my last one. But I had to throw. Uh, there's an R and B song that came out last last year, earlier this year. I don't know. Time is a mm-hmm. flat circle, but. Yes. It's uh, it, it was so powerful. I loved gotcha. it so much. I had to tweet the producer, and he actually tweeted me back. This, uh, wow. Tweeted Boy Wonder. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not another love song by LMA. Yeah, <laughs> Yo, I love that fucking song though. <laughs> so much. <laughs> I, I think I've said it on the pod before, but yeah. as soon as I heard that bad tweet, I tweet Boy Wonder. I was like, Yo, what is the sample? It's gonna bug me because I can't recognize it. And he's like, Yo, it's not a sample. It's the sound of, I guess, some other producers or whatever. But again, if you haven't heard that song, please listen to that beat. That beat is intoxicating. It, it makes, makes you feel warm. Like if you've ever done Molly before, it's have not. It's well, well, I'll be coming to Ohio shortly. Um, <laughs> it kind of gives you that, that 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 Molly feel where you're just it just warms you up and just makes you just feel comfortable. It's like you you're sleeping in a weighted blanket of love. Wow, weighted blanket of love. Yeah. That's 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 pretty high and, praise. And my baby sings in LMA. Please, if you're listening, please, I I will do anything. <laughs> hey, hey, listen, you ain't got a beg. To who? You ain't got a beg. <laughs> one, one of the recurring <laughs> themes in this podcast is we don't niggas don't beg enough in music. <laughs> that's I'm true. Saying. You know what? I'm, I, I'm trying to live I'm that sorry. rap. About. I'm 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 forgetting where I came mm. from. Um. Like I said, I got a bunch more. Let me just do my last songs. one real quick, and then you go go run through okay. yours. Um, and then another one, like I was talking about, Complex Beats, one of my favorite beats, not from one of my favorite artists, but one of my favorite beats. It's Top Back by Ti, uh, many yes. production. That's another one similar to All the Lights, where it's got a bunch of different moving parts within it, and when they're all put together by Manny, it just sounds incredible. It's it's a a beat incredible. I did that that Wayne that Wayne spit on, and it's just one of the ones that's like yo. If you want to rap and if you want to showcase your talents, this is one of the beats where if you choose this beat, you have to fucking go crazy because it's that high of a level of production. Um, absolutely. I mean, what more can I say? Um, without a doubt, bro. Um, damn, that shit, that's that's a very good beat. Um, so got a bunch left, but I'm just gonna name off a few just rapid fire, just get these bitches out of here. Um 
the um uh flavor in your ear slash ain't it funny um both of them uh i i get it nah nah I, I i love them both equally i love both songs equally um we got another one from young chop but not one not one that you would expect not something all finally rich or anything like that uh young chop produced the very problematic ocho cinco okay okay that's uh that's um that's yeah. on there um obviously we've talked about pop that um another one from that era again that kind of party music era that we both love tremendously drug money it can, it can um, in fact buy you what you want it can buy you whatever the fuck you want Another one um, from one of the um, from one of the honorable mentions on my best producer tag list, uh, Mr. Cardo. Cardo, uh, got, Cardo wings. got wings. Deads, which I still feel like is is does not make sense. That's um, crazy beat. Deads is crazy. A uh, couple more. Trap House Three from Eight Hundred Eight Mafia. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, let uh, Tim. <laughs> Timbo put you on the game. <laughs> and uh last one, I feel like I missed one, or maybe that's all of them. I think that's all of them. Oh, no. Last one, can I live? Yeah, that's one of them ones. I was trying to I was trying to uh have a Jay-Z one there, but I couldn't decide. Because Paul yep. was crazy. Uh Burgos Fine is crazy. Um but randomly yep, that that is six six degrees of French Montana. Shout out to French Montana yeah. for playing the uh or was it, I think Harry did that. The intro to Mega Cheese Three that that samples uh Florence and the Machine. Mm-hmm. That got your boy yep. Wes listening to fucking Florence and the Machine. Florence and the Machine. French, listen, man, French is a very cultured and well versed man. I'm trying to tell niggas that. I would put it more on Harry Fraud, but yes. Uh Kareem Carbouche, lover of Chloe and Tanai Lathan and all your favorites. Yeah. Everybody else, yes. Hillary Clinton, uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene, French Montana, get her out. <laughs> uh, oh shit! I'm on the um the the Genius page for Ocho Cinco, and the, o- the only thing that uh, French translated was "hand." That was it. That's fair. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Don't blame him whatsoever. Uh, um, so we gonna go ahead and wrap this thing up. We're going to move on. Um, to the topic that actually inspired the pod, which are our favorite best all-time producer tags. Again, we talked all the time about how important ad-libs are to um, to any rapper, and that goes the same um, for producers and their producer tag. A great producer tag can make you a great producer without even really being a great Absolutely. producer. Um, yeah. So, uh, Wes, I'm going to let you go. Uh, if you got any honorable mention, you get the shit right, Ton of honorable mentions. Hopefully, I don't step on any toes, right. but um, real quick, let's run through them real quickly. Honorable mentions are such such producers tags as Jallo Beats, Jallo Beats, Holla at me, legendary. Holla at me. Southside, it's got Southside on the track. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. cook that shit up, Quay, Quay Global. Cook the shit up, Quay. Uh, Drummer mm-hmm. boy, listen to the track, bitch. That's an honorable, honorable mention? mention. You a wild yep. nigga. Uh, run that back, Turbo is Turbo the Great. Uh, one of my personal favorites, but I couldn't put in my top five. Uh, Molly Raw, Debbie Molly Raw. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Justin May. Y- young that, niggas that, love that. That, 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 that be, all right. Um, just Justin May, <laughs> Justin May, another one. Uh, mm-hmm. these are oh look a couple more little look. That's gonna run to another nigga <laughs> see? city. See, <laughs> yeah, just some of these. Some of these will just take you into a verse. Uh, 
Easy. This one's more more little purse level for a lot of, a lot of he did a lot of shit with Dirk. It's a DJ on the beat, so it's a banger. It's Chop Squad DJ. Yeah. Uh, shout mm-hmm. out to Cash Money AP. Cash uh, Money AP. My boy Double yep. uh, A Flex from <laughs> just a lot of young boy shit. Double A Flex. <laughs> um, <laughs> Hit Boy got a classic Hit Boy. Carter got Wangs. Um, Don Cannon with the, with Cannon. Uh, legend. Yep. Damn. I I I, I thought that was. I was going oh, to I got that. that. And last, my last honorable mention would be uh, Murder Beats. Uh, murder which, Beats. He's, he's another yep. one with multiple Murder Beats, so it's not nice or murder, murder, murder. Mm-hmm. Uh, murder on that bitch, so it's not nice. Um, again, it's it's crazy, and that's how that tells you, like you said, tells you how important these tags are because it immediately takes you into a song, and takes you yep. into a verse. When I hear Murder on the Beach, so it's not nice, the first thing I think about is I was gonna say, the, the whistle like, on just, Portland. <laughs> Um, immediately. Um, you mentioned a lot of the ones that were on mine. Um, shit. Um, I'm gonna go. Oh, one I forgot. Uh, Polo to Don. One, two, three, four. That was a good one. Uh, back in the mid 2000s. I also got, um, it's a nitty beat. Yep. Yep. Um, that's, that's another big one. Um, yeah. Carl got Wayne's already mentioned already, uh, alluded to La Musica de Harry Fraud um, as well as uh, Buddha Blessed Buddha is Bless. that one too um, and I think that's pretty much all of my honorable mentions alright so. I'll get into my, my top 5 number 5 is Just Blaze um, that's kind of just more of a personal level anytime I hear uh, Just Blaze I know that shit's going to go mm-hmm. crazy um, so just plays in my top five. Do you want me to go through all five, all mines, okay. or you want to go back and forth? Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Number four, we talked about him earlier. London. I'm in London. Got my beat from London. Mm-hmm. I, I love that. Love that drop. Um, also know it's related. To, uh, some thug shit or some some shit is always gonna come through. Um. Mm-hmm. Number three is Take Keith. Take Keith, fuck these niggas up. Anytime oh, you hear Take Keith, you know the niggas gonna get fucked up and some beats gonna happen. That's a um, fact. Number two, it's kind of a tie uh, between Wheezy. Shout out to Wheezy. Wheezy out of here. Yep. Um, and La Musica to Harry Fraud, another one that's like a first level. Mm-hmm. And then my number one drop of all time, you probably know what it is. It's uh, where the, who the fuck is Mario Judah? Um, <laughs> 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 anytime you listen to the, the one Mario Judah song and you hear who the fuck is Mario Judah, you know he's a big dog, big bear, nigga, he's a lion. <laughs> Um, <laughs> nah, but um, number one is it's got to be I think Metro Boomin. He's got Metro. three elite tags. Um, three elite and, and his tags. most popular one is the one I I think is my least favorite. Yeah, Metro don't trust you. I'm gonna shoot you. Metro don't trust you. Yeah. Shoot you. Yeah, that's probably that's my least favorite. favorite. I I I definitely prefer definitely prefer um um Metro Boomin wants some more nigga. And your Metro, your Metro, oh, your Metro. Oh shit! And he's got three. Um, I forgot about the uh, Metro Boomin wants some more. How about that? But um, then yeah, there's a. Yep. I think my personal favorite. It might be this beat is so so metro. Oh, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, metro's got four uh, elite elite tags. That's. Oh, and and and, and then the oft used metro <laughs> <laughs> from yeah, Young that's Thug. True. Um, uh, damn, yeah, yeah, metro. So, uh, full disclosure, Metro Boomin's also my number one. He's got too many, uh, different variations that are all fired. Not to you know, uh, not to put him at the top of that list. Um, so my top five, yeah. So number one, um, is Metro. I'll, I'll just kind of put that out there now. Um, number five, um, 
is actually for me, I still really, really enjoy uh Mustard on the Beat Ho. Uh specifically because I didn't know that he that's what he was even saying. Um it didn't sound like it. Uh it, it kinda it kinda sounded like the nigga just uh on that beat. Oh. I'm like, oh okay. I don't know who that is, but Counterpoint, it sounds go. exactly uh, like mustard on the beat. <laughs> um <laughs> not to me, goddammit. My bad. Um, so uh that's definitely that's a five for me. Um number four, um, I also have uh Take He Fuck These Niggas Up, um, which is has become very, very strong. Um, obviously in the last few years, and I think we'll continue to get more um variations as time goes on. Um my number three is one that I know you're not expecting. I know you're not expecting because it has not been used in any other song except this one song. And we have, we've had conversations where you said, wow, this nigga got a ready-made Drake producer drop and did nothing with it. That My number three is Trap, 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 Money, Benny. You order champ, I order champagne, but you love some henny. Mm. Yeah. Now, it's ho- obviously it's hard to quantify it when he only has that one song. But imagine Drake making you a ready-made producer drop, and you just stop producing. To be fair, when you produce <laughs> the song, <laughs> In my feelings, my feelings, you can pretty much stop and I'll be done. But no, that is a one I didn't even think of. Some shit that uh, that's Leah Fire. Any anytime you can get a, a top tier, a top echelon artist to do your drop, you're good money. Mm-hmm. That's a fact. Um, so that is number three. My, uh, my number two, um, you know, the one that you left in your honorable mentions is listen to the track, bitch. And it is because once again, you talk about it, throwing you into a verse. Throwing you into a song, throwing you into a moment. Drummer Boy actually does not use the listen to the track bitch that much. He more uses that um that 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 little shit um at the start at uh, as his his most frequent drop. However, listen to the track bitch is is probably the most synonymous um DJ or producer tag with one specific song, maybe in the history of the game. And that, that is, is no hands. Put on by Young G. No, no. <laughs> no, um, that when you hear listen to the track, bitch, you are 18 years old. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you are at the Ken Arena, gone off of some illegal uh goose and cranberry that you should not have at all because you have X's on your hands. You are at the time still vibing off the locals. <laughs> uh you are in the middle of a sweat box with every black person that you've ever met in your life. Mm-hmm. And no hands is the hardest shit we've all acknowledged, the greatest party song of all time of our generation specifically. And you got that listen to the track, bitch. It's so forceful. It's so abrasive. That little two three second drop is letting you know, nigga, you have three seconds to find you the nearest the woman. Come and get on that's it, it, man. You know what's coming. <laughs> that is that's literally. Uh, I still remember the first time I heard no hands in a party. It was only the first night out. Going to college, we was on um university in somebody basement. That shit mm-hmm. fucking came on, and I was like, "Yo, and I, I, that was yeah. only like <laughs> that's only one of them uh, Jones like you hear like off the crack of the bat, you know what's going." 
Off, off the crack of the drop, I said this this song is is an elite song. It's gonna stand the test of time. That that, that is a Gilbert Arenas turnaround jumper. Um, okay. like it's just is is money. That was, um, that was a Willie Mo Payne yeah, swing yeah. right there. <laughs> I, I I remember that 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 first night uh, on University Street because University was not a very consistent party street, but it was. You know, it, it had some good runs that first so semester. So in that first um, night, I was walking in house to house, and then. <laughs> Yeah, house to house, bro. Um, walked into some random niggas' basement. He, I, I know he was one of the only niggas that actually had a house on university, like only black people. Um, and I think it was, a, I think he kicked it with white people, but um, that nigga was very open. He was like, "Hey, hey, buddy." He's like, "How's it going?" I'm like, "What's up, my guy who doesn't have a mustache?" Mm, uh, red <laughs> flags. And, yeah, and he's like, "Hey." You know, I don't know if you ever been out here before. I ain't never seen you before, whatever. But hey, welcome. This is my crib. This welcome weekend. This how the if you a freshman, this how the fuck we get down at Kent State. Go down to the basement, nigga. We got free shots, hella hoes, and a DJ. I'm like, hmm. We'll see about that. You get downstairs, and it's like that movie scene where like you. you walk, <laughs> like you walk into like fucking Shangri La, and <laughs> you walk in, and it's just like strobe lights. It's smoke. It's Every song is hitting. It's the baddest women you ever seen in your life. All of that. And all of that we associate with no hands and listen to the track, bitch. So, so salute the drummer, man, for coming up with an elite. Big elite salute to drum. drummer. And, and again, big elite. And again, number one, Metro Boomin. Um, and Ooh. I hope to hear more of that on more. I just thought of a salute to, salute to, it's not necessarily a, a, a tag, but salute to Pharrell's four count. The four count. Oh, I, thought, I, thought which, I, that, didn't, I didn't even I know was a thing. I didn't even like. I didn't know Pharrell's four count was a thing until like 2017. I oh, so yeah, it was kind of a more recent development. But then mm-hmm. once you are are told it, it makes Cause, sense because that's not. It's not really a part of his Neptune's sound. It's specifically for yeah. real. The doom 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 doom. That's not front. <laughs> no, that's Hunter, off um, off. I, I hear the first four count, and I, and I think front. Uh, shows. Doom, 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 doom. Yeah. Now I'm about to go listen to Neptune's presents. Uh, colon the clones. Uh, I'm, still, um, I'm still playing twenty three. That that Miley Cyrus record is so fucking hard. <laughs> uh, float on that bitch, but. Um, L's of the week. I mean, shit. We, we've been on we've been on this pod for long enough. We are at two hours and twenty minutes, so we don't really do long pods no more. But when we do deep dives, like I said, we like to get deep in them fucking yep. guts. Um, so thank y'all for tuning in. Um, like I said, we don't. I don't really feel like we need an L of the week when you know there's enough going on in the world. So, um, thank y'all for tuning in and sitting here and listening to this nigga for two hours and twenty minutes. I know. It can get a little difficult sometimes, but bear with him. Listening to all these uh, tremendous, beautiful takes, it's, it's hard to hear. You're not saying most time you watch the TV, you're listening to niggas who are right, then wrong, or wrong, or wrong, then right. And especially listening to me, it's like right, yeah. right, right all the time. It can be frustrating. I, I understand yeah. that. Um, but I appreciate you guys sticking with me, stick with Austin. Um, and we're going to hear more perfect takes from your boy and some more questionable takes from Austin. Uh, Keep banging with Bordell. Yeah. So, mm, so, so Wes has special needs, and those special needs are. Um, he needs to be indulged by nigger shit. So regardless of how niggerly that shit may be, please just appease him. Um, this is what he needs to 
uh, move on and to function in his life. And I don't want to see my nigga go down that path. So um, please just give him whatever he wants to keep him happy and pacify him. Throw him a four loco, a, a Cobra forty, <laughs> some raw papers. Club, you feel me? Couple white women. On. <laughs> and tw- and twenty three. That's what he needs. Um, <laughs> so uh, good night again. Follow us on the socials at Ain't That Wiz at Uptown Ace Boogie, the Show Pod at Beware the Ills Podcast. Um, we're gonna be making sure we putting up a lot of different polls and shit for y'all to vote on um, every week. So uh, please come through. Um, again, drop a like, rate, share, subscribe, retweet, tell a friend, tell a friend, let us know how you feel about the pot. Um, let us know what you would like to hear, what you would like for us to cover all that other good shit. Uh, we appreciate all the support. Everybody that listens in every week, um, our new listeners that may be coming in too. shout out to y'all and, uh, we ain't gonna stop cause we ain't got no fucking reason to until outside is open and we're vaccinated. Uh, so yeah, so maybe we'll be done by next week. RPDMX. RPDMX. Beware the L's on the beat, so it's a banger. We out.